Episode 68 of the Reptile Gumbo Podcast. I am in Texas. Kind of. Official. I'm not officially. I'm not officially in Texas yet because Katie is still in the little square. No, you're screen. in Texas. And Oh, I am, but I'm not officially in Texas yet. Like the only stuff I have in Texas is the things I brought with me into Robert's house. All of my stuff, other stuff. Oh, there you go. Animals are still in Louisiana. No, we That's still have. Oh, I, we I still did get 15 days. I did good Doom Rolls Boa. I post so if you haven't seen my Doom Rolls Boa online, I've posted it in about seventy eight different places. And if you haven't seen it, <laughs> you just aren't looking. But uh our buddy Travis Wyman, as a surprise to me, decided uh to talk to Katie and Robert and sent my Doom Rolls Boa to Robert. And when I showed up yesterday here, there was a Doom Rolls Boa waiting for me. Uh, he sent me his Doom Rolls Boa and she is I knew about it. Yeah. Well she is beautiful. Which I'm glad because I really didn't want her to be ugly because I didn't want to have to be like, oh, Travis, thanks for this ugly snake. But <laughs> no, she is amazing looking. And uh, I couldn't be more excited, which it's just crazy. I've got a free Doomers bow and now they go for like a trillion dollars a piece. Yep. She tried to bite me like a half a dozen times when I was taking her out of the bag. But yeah, talk into the mic. But she's been oh. great ever since. There we go. She's, <laughs> someone just wrecked their car. <laughs> I'm glad I could help. Uh, so, but yeah, I got my Dumo's boa. That was exciting. Uh, I've got another boa here. I got, actually I have three boas in your house at this point. I've got yep, a Colombian, a, my Black Russian, and now my Dumo's boa. So this is my my second snake house. <sighs> I'm just keeping snakes all over the place. And Katie is having internet issues, and I can just see on her face that she's going to break something. So <laughs> if she disappears, it's because she went to just go have a drink and has said, fuck it. But all three of those hognos are laying in the front. Katie, Katie's <laughs> about to have an emotional breakdown based on everything else that has happened today and the fact that my internet does not want to work right now. You got, like, Drew is fine. Drew's video isn't lagging. I can see him moving. Sorry, I just introduced our, our guest for the week. But the <laughs> two of you, like, I there's your wow. mouths aren't even moving when you talk because there's so much of a lag. That's insane. I don't know what to say. So would it work better if you couldn't see our video while we're recording? Maybe. And you just act, you know, react off know. of what Maybe. we're saying. I don't know how to turn the video off. Oh, that's not right. All right. Anyways, we were listening to us trying to figure out. <laughs> There's a button on the bottom of the screen. It's a stop cam. I did it. I pressed it. Yeah, oh. but I don't want to. I want to. Well, I can see you, but I want to be able to see Drew. And I want well, Drew's internet's fine. I don't want him to be able to see us. Oh, that's true. But, but what if I don't want Drew to see me? Well, let's introduce our guest since we've referenced him like 11 <laughs> times already. Maybe. <laughs> I know. Oh my gosh. Okay. I hear a plane. The plane going overhead. Yeah, we're right on the flight path for Hobby. Oh my Airport. gosh. I'm going to need you to focus. Sorry. I was trying to figure out where I was hearing the plane from. You, you can turn <laughs> your camera back on. It's probably just <laughs> mine. There we go. I'm back. I'm going to turn into a raging alcoholic <laughs> before this episode is over with. <laughs> Uh, 
So, anyways, our, our at least know, my camera's off. So if I just start bawling my eyes out, nobody will be able to see me. This is how I felt last week when audio was messing up in our house and everybody else was fine, and I just it turned out fine on the recording. It just oh, in person it was miserable. So our get oh, well, before we get to our guest, we gotta go through our sponsors, Catherine. So go ahead and do our first sponsor fee. And go. So really go. funny that you mentioned that because my phone actually I'm talking and you can't hear me, can you? <laughs> we, we can now. we can hear you just fine. I think we're gonna give Katie the You're night gonna have off. to just stop about me. We're gonna give Katie the night off. And Robert and I will hold this down. And then hopefully when we move to Texas, our shit will work. So, so do we just want to stop and start over? No, I want everybody to hear how fucked up this got. Okay. <laughs> All right. Everybody needs to know the nightmares of technology. <sighs> you so, can't have them hold too high of an opinion of you guys. Yeah, I need them to realize. Well, that way, like, if this episode sucks and the next one is okay, the next one will be amazing to them. because yeah, this, We don't want Drew's episode. See, now Drew will seem so much better when we bring him in because the first part of this was a clusterfuck. Good point. So now we've made him look better. Okay. So our first sponsor, I'm sitting next to our first sponsor. It's Lozar Reptile Racks. I don't have Katie here to read it off, but if you're looking for a high quality reptile, rodent, you need a rack, just call bug, rack. Yeah. Yeah. If you listen to the show regularly and you don't know who I am by now or what I do. <laughs> Katie sent, hold on. No, she sent me. She just sent you the blurb. She just sent me the blurb. Are you looking for a high quality PVC rack? Look for, no, I already fucked it up. <laughs> Look no further than Lone Star Reptile Racks. They offer a variety of sizes for all types of snakes, geckos, rats, and more. You can even order something custom. Shipping is available, or you can plan to pick up at a Herps Reptile Show near you. Visit lsreptileracks.com to reach out to Lone Star Reptile Racks and place your order today. There we go. So, I got that out. If she wants us to leave, it's, just, it's not getting deleted. It's getting set in there. It'll be fine. She'll be okay. You can tell her it was deleted. She'll never know. She'll never know. She'll never listen to the podcast. <laughs> right. So uh, our other sponsor was in that blurb, which is Herps Reptile Shows. We have a Herps Reptile Show this weekend in Lafayette, Louisiana. And then we have a Herps Reptile Show, the Herps Reptile Show, the week after in Conroe. The 100th. The 100th Herps Show in Conroe, Texas, which is going to be insane. There's going to be a ton of people there. Uh, there's going to be several people there. I've never even been to that show. Uh, that are coming. Chris Eaton being one of them. Katie's picking Chris Eaton up from the... Actually, I think I'm going to ride with her to pick up Chris from the airport. And then we're going to go to dinner on Thursday night. Yep. Zach Nava's coming. Zach Nava's coming. Miri Burnish. Miri Sydney Burnish. Miri's going to be there. Yep. They have like a nine-hour car ride together, so Zach may make it alive. <laughs> he may show up in the trunk. Yep. Um. So make sure you make it out to the Conroe show, and then after Conroe, it is... Amarillo's two weeks later, July, June 26th and 27th. And then we have almost a month off. Like two days shy of a month off. And then we have Sladell, July 24th and 25th. Which is another big show. And then Oklahoma City, July 31st and August 1st. And then Corpus Christi, Texas, August 14th and 15th. Then you can go enjoy the beach and the reptile show. Bryan College Station, August 21st and 22nd. And then uh, the next Conroe is September 11th and 12th. So. Which I think Chris Eaton, I heard Brian Cusco said in one of his yeah. uh, episodes on YouTube that wow, he may be coming. We have one, two, three, four, five shows between Conroes. Yeah, you can't turn away from the microphone. Yeah, well, I'll get used to it eventually. <laughs> All right, and then I'm missing a sponsor. Oh, 
I'm missing Wiregrass Exotics, Dallas and Amanda, who we're going to see this weekend in Lafayette. Dallas and Amanda are coming to the Lafayette show, but Dallas and Amanda Rua of Wiregrass Exotics in Ozark, Alabama, who are opening the same weekend. Wait, no, they moved it. They moved back to the opening that weekend. They, I don't think they have a date. Now. They don't have a date. That's right. They were having supply. Yeah, you can know something about this. They were having supply uh, issues. <laughs> so everyone, if you are doing anything, pretty much in any field at this point, there are supply issues with everything. Yep. But, and then I think I hear your wife playing with Otis. Yeah. The pug. It's like I can hear it over the what we're doing. And we're still talking about it, and they can't hear us. Nope. They're having their own. <laughs> so, anyways. Uh, <laughs> the joys of recording. It's fine. In three weeks, we'll be in the new Reptile Gumbo podcast. Uh, my brain just went blank, because I'm, I'm trying to think. Recording studio. <laughs> oh, I had you muted. There we go. You're unmuted again. Yeah, you do that. So, those are our sponsors. This beginning has been a cluster. Drew, let's go ahead and bring you in. So, I'm, I'm a, I think I know how to pronounce your last name. It's Scholes, right? Uh, yeah, Scholes. Scholes. Um, however, however you want to pronounce there's no, it. There's no T in it. It throws there me off. There is not. No, but most people just say it like there is, and I, I let them. <laughs> so, Drew is from the Learning Zoo, which is located where, Drew? Uh, we are in Conroe, Texas, just north of the woodlands. So uh, if you're anywhere in the North Houston area, we're anywhere from 10 to 45 minutes away from you. So what do you all, what all do you do at the, the Learning Zoo? Is it a, a physical zoo where you can come to, or is it an outreach thing, or what is it? Uh, a little bit of both. So we do a lot of off-site programs. We'll go to schools, summer camps, birthday parties, uh, scout troops, things like that. We'll take our animals out. We also just, uh, in March, started offering birthday parties here at the zoo, as well as guided VIP tours. So you can come out with a small group of people, uh, six to ten usually is what we do, and then uh, get a hands-on guided tour through the whole zoo, uh, eat some tortoises, pet some pigs, meet some of our lizards and snakes. And uh, we are working on uh, a summer camp in July as well, which is really exciting. Wow. That'd be really cool. I'm going to have to come up there again. You know, I was up there, what, about a year ago, Drew, when you got that first yeah, contract? Yeah, yeah. We had, we had and you had just started. started, like, doing work. And I was like, man, he's got a lot of work to do here. But <clears throat> I've yeah. seen the pictures. You've done it. You've yeah, done the work. Yeah. It's, it's, it looks great. Yeah, we, we bought the place a year ago in May. So it's it's been a lot of work, but uh, finally starting to pay off, which is really nice. That's awesome. I, I need, now that I'm moving here, I could go up there with you. Right. Well, tell, yeah, tell, absolutely. Us, tell us about your background, you know, as far as, uh, you know, I know you have history of working at a zoo. Mm-hmm. What made you decide to do this? Uh, yeah, so I, I mean, I've always been into, into animals. Um, started keeping reptiles when I was 10 or 11. Uh, kept them all through middle school and high school. Uh, volunteered at the local children's museum, and that's where I started doing educational programs and, uh, you know, kind of that, that education side of things and absolutely loved it. Then I actually uh, got rid of my entire collection for a few years and went to college. And the, uh, the school I went to had a program for zoo animal technology, which is why I was there. It was in uh, Gainesville, Florida. 
and uh, they have a, a program there that has classes and coursework in things like animal nutrition, um, ethics of captivity, um, mammals. I know go through there. I, I knew yeah. someone when I was a zookeeper that went through that school. Yeah, yeah, Santa Fe uh, Teaching Zoo. Yeah. And, uh, so while you're taking all these classes, you're also you know working as a keeper in a 10-acre AZA-accredited zoo, which is kind of an incredible opportunity. It's the only the only program in the country that offers that experience. So I was working with tree kangaroos, Galapagos tortoises, uh, venomous snakes, antelope, um, tree, I said tree kangaroos already, they stuck with me. We had some birds that were extinct in the wild that we were part of the breeding program for. And um, when I graduated from there, I did an internship down at the Houston Zoo. Then I worked at a wolf sanctuary uh, for a while. After that, I... Where was the wolf dog. sanctuary at? Uh, it, it was in Montgomery. Yeah, they moved out to Navasota, so a little bit further north and west. But, um, yeah, I, I loved working there. That was an awesome experience. That's up by where he lives now. Like, Montgomery's mm. just north of Conroe. Gotcha. Or yeah. South yeah, Conroe. Was, I'm still learning my Texas map. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's you, – you, you're moving down to Katy, right? We're moving to Rose Sharon. To Rose Sharon. All right. Pearland. Which is Pearland. Okay, Pearland. All right. So a little bit further south than Katy. Yeah, so it's it's probably like a good hour and a half drive from where you guys are going to be, but definitely yeah. worth it if you get the chance. I, I can hear Katie in the background. Speaking of Katie, Katie's in the background. Oh, yeah. She's in the car. She went and got in her car. And now you can hear her. <sighs> She's jingling them. Okay, no I'm definitely going and moving. Welcome back, Katie. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so I'm on data. Look at the wall. Not connected to the house Jeez. or the internet. <laughs> we're good. Oh my god, I think we're good. Okay. I've been, I can I hear you. I can see you. I've been so excited about having Drew on as a guest. I was not gonna just go down without a fight. Is that why Damn. you named yourself Unstoppable in the That's in our right. group here? Damn internet. Like so I know I'm not gonna tell you this. So I'm gonna tell you the, you gotta talk into your microphone, Katie. Which, where is the microphone? It's on your, it's on your headphones. Is it? Okay. It's that thing hanging down next to your ear on your right side. That was loud. Okay, give me a second. I'm sorry. What is she doing? She has just hijacked <laughs> this whole podcast. <laughs> and now she's talking to herself, I think. And now we're just staring. Okay, this, this is becoming a very weird podcast. I'm so sorry, Drew. I, I swear, oh. sometimes we seem like professionals, but this is not <laughs> one of those times. So now she's just playing around in the car okay. with her phone. Is that so thing is right there? Is this the microphone? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, that's been the microphone on Apple okay. headphones since they came out with them. Just a yes. Simple yes. I hate hearing that. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Anyways, back to talking about our guest. <laughs> So, no, up and, then, and then she's gone. And now she's gone. <laughs> Poor Katie. Oh. So, yes, we're moving to uh, just near Pearland. So, they'll have to come over okay. I'm assuming, was it uh, like gray wolves? Like, was that what we were talking about? Uh, well, it was, it was mostly wolf dogs, actually. The, like, all the animals that we had were uh, coming out of the pet trade. And oh. basically, nobody has pure gray wolves unless they're running like a fur farm. And even then, it, there's usually some dog mixed in. So we had wolf dogs of different contents. Like some of them 
were mostly husky. Some were like 99% Arctic wolf. Uh, so it was really, really amazing to work there. I, I did some awesome projects, worked with some amazing animals. Uh, but then after that ended, I got a job at a water park where I was the head alligator trainer. I don't, okay, hold on. There was alligators at a water park. Yes. Really quick. Y'all better move fast. <laughs> yeah. So we had like a, you know, water slides and all that. Then we had a, a natural lake with um, like a floating obstacle course on it. And people would always ask if the alligators were in that lake with the obstacle course. See, where, where was that at, Drew? Uh, that was out in New Caney, uh, Big Rivers. Oh, okay. See, if that's yeah. in Louisiana, the answer is yes. If it's a body of water, they're in there. <laughs> yeah. Which yeah. is why James doesn't Florida. swim in anything that's not a pool. Exactly. I have respect for everything that's in the water, and it's better at being in there than me. Yeah. No, that's that's their space. I'm not going to go bother them. Yeah. I'll, I'll stay on top of the water. <laughs> so, again, no, anyway, here's in the background. Drew literally lives in a zoo. That's one of his birds is Conyer in the yeah, background. That, yes. that is all of the sun Conyer. She's annoyed because I put her outside uh, and I'm not giving her attention. But that's literally every sun Conyer. I'm sitting I've outside. Does that count? Yeah, they're, they're toddlers on crack. <laughs> 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 oh, my stars. Uh, anybody remembers we, we had an episode earlier in the year after the freeze where we had a bunch of people on from Texas. Drew was one of the ones that was on during our after the freeze episode. So mm, yeah, yeah. People may or may remember Drew from there. Uh, yeah. Has everything we, recovered from that? Everything is good. Yeah, we had uh, our retic develop an RI a couple months later that I think he picked up then. Uh, but he went on antibiotics and he's doing great. Um, and we just had one of our pigs come back from uh, like a four day stay at the A and M vet hospital because she came down with some kind of infection. They couldn't figure out where she got it, but she had a fever of 106 and um, was acting really dazed. What so is the we, normal temperature for that animal, though? I looked it up, and it's, uh, it's a little higher than I thought. 101 to 104 is what Google says is a pig's normal core temp. So okay. she had a fever, but it wasn't as bad as like 106 would be with us. Gotcha. Yeah, 106 with us means that you're in the hospital yeah. like because you're passed out and you're in a coma. Yeah, no, she she was close to it. Like she she was dazed. She was wandering around, bumping into things. But uh, thankfully, we got her up there as soon as we started seeing that she wasn't okay, and they were able to turn her around pretty quickly. She came home yesterday, and she's doing great. Is that like full size pig or like pot belly pig? Uh, she's actually a cooney cooney. So oh, those are the cool. Like I've seen those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the best pig. <laughs> she's uh, ninety ninety point eight pounds according to their uh, their records. Yeah, so, so that's almost you say that. I need people to understand there's no such thing as a mini pig. Absolutely, yes. No such thing. I see them for sale all the time. Mini pigs. I'm like, yes, when they're babies, they are mini pigs. Yeah. Well, no, all, all pigs grow. Yeah, so they're, they're at least going to get 80 to 100 pounds minimum. Well, and if I'm not mistaken, those are actually the breed of pig that you see some of the vendors have at the herp shows. Which one? Oh, really? I, I've yeah, I'm almost positive. They've become really popular, I know. Those are the They're... ones that Andy has and that yeah. No Drama Llama has been selling. Huh. Well, they're yeah. amazing pigs. I, I absolutely love ours. They're like the Labrador Retriever of pigs. It's super friendly. <laughs> they don't root very much. Uh, they make awesome house pets. They don't get that ugly potbelly pig face? 
Uh, no, they get an ugly Kuni Kuni face. Like they they have like a pug face, so it's all scrunched in, and their eyes get really tiny if they get <laughs> overweight. But they're really cute. Do they grow tusk like potbelly pigs can? Uh, the males definitely do. Uh, our females haven't yet, but I I don't know yet. The, our oldest is turning a year old later this month, so probably not. See, I've never understood. As a kid, I was like, ooh, a popular pig, because I remember in the 90s, popular pigs were the thing, everybody wanted mm-hmm. one. But as I thought about it, like, I just, if that thing steps on you, it's not like a dog stepping on you with its padded paw. That's a hoof. Like, that is not going to mm-hmm. feel good when it steps on, like, your foot. Or it's like, I want to cuddle with you, and it steps on your stomach. It's not like a dog. I have I never imagine. once wanted a pig for a pet. I've wanted Ever. them. I mean, they're, they're as smart as dogs, but it's just, it's a oh, lot yeah. of, it's a lot of animal. Yeah. My sister raised them and showed them at the fair, but that's about as close as I got to having a pig, and it didn't even live at our house. Yeah, but no, she raised farm. hogs. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, she raised, yeah. you're making bacon and pork chop hogs. Yeah. Yeah, no, like, I, I'm totally serious when I say they're, like, the lab retriever of pigs. Like, that's their personality. That's their size, more or less. Like, like a lab with corgi legs is about <laughs> about the size of it. Like, that's, that's about a 90-pound pig. So what do you feed? I know this is a reptile podcast, but I'm very interested in this whole pig mm. thing. I, you're not. I'm assuming you're not feeding like it's not like watching uh, Charlotte's Web and you're just throwing slop at them. What are you feeding a, a pig? Um, well, I mean, they can eat anything we can. Like uh, we we get a, a pig feed from Tractor Supply for them. We give them alfalfa pellets because they don't like eating hay, even though they should have grass in their diet. Yeah, uh, and then we get them like, the same thing. Yeah, uh, like fresh produce. Um, they love sweet potato. We try to stay away from fruit and really sugary stuff, but we'll give them produce. And then if we have, you know, human food that we're not going to eat and it's starting to get a little bit old, we'll give it to them. Um, like, you know, they'll eat bagels and, um, you know, and, and basically anything. They love hard-boiled eggs. We gave them some boiled chicken two days ago, and they went crazy for it. Hmm. Pigs don't scare me because they can also eat, like, you know, people. Oh, yeah, they can. So can we. Uh, I've always found pigs to be very... <laughs> well, I found pigs to be very interesting. At least, like the the big like hogs, because the fact that you can take this big pink hog that you would make bacon from, and if you were just let it loose in the woods and then go check on it in like five months, it will not be the same thing. So I grew up on a dairy farm, and we always had pigs. We raised Durocs, big red pigs. Mm, yeah. Because when we would have uh, bull calves born, they instantly were euthanized, fed to the pigs, and the pigs would eat the pigs wow. would eat every part of them. Everything. I mean, there would be nothing left within. That's an horrifying. Hour. Yeah. I mean, but, that's that's basically a bigger version of what I do with my box turtles. I, <laughs> if I have anything that that dies, I just give it to them, like rodents, uh, you know, quail, chickens, anything. I give it to them, and it's gone in a couple hours. Yeah, I fed uh, for the first time. I fed my box turtle. Um, I have a forty-two-year-old ornate box turtle. I fed her some uh, mouse fuzzies for the first time the other day. And she thoroughly enjoyed those. You're never you going to see the same way again. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> yeah. She, no, they're, she they're, bit it by the, I mean, they were frozen thawed, you know, obviously, but yeah. she got it by the head and got one of those claws in the middle of it and just pulled that foot forward. And I was like, oh my God. Okay, she's yeah. a savage. And no, then, I, mean, uh, I, I moved her water dish to have, put water like, in. Like, he's down there and they come running for them. It's insane. I bet. Well, I mean, in the wild, they're going to come across. That's crazy. Like that, and they're gonna find live pigs like that. Again, as babies, they are they are carnivores. Oh yeah, they eat worms, insects, and she. I've got babies uh, in the. 
hang on. I've got babies in the tank behind me. Uh, they're a year old, and they've been doing great on Missouri crop chow. Oh, that's crazy. I, yeah, I give I, I still calcium, and they, they go nuts for it. They've quadrupled in a year. It's it's awesome. Oh, wow. I'll occasionally give her fruit and stuff. She barely eats it. Vegetables. But she's, um, but she's 807 years old. Right. She just wants protein. That's like yeah. all she wants to eat is protein. Yeah. But, but it was funny they're, because they're omnivores, and they're like they are like mine will eat fruit, and they, they like the Missouri tortoise chow, too. But they, if you let them, they would just eat meat all day long. Yeah. She, uh, when I moved her water dish, there was a, uh, a superworm that had pupated under it. And, uh, you know, it was white. And so she mm. ran over to it and poked it with her nose and it moved. And she grabbed that thing and you could tell she was just super excited about this, that pupa. <laughs> she oh had it God. all over her face by the time <laughs> she was done. That makes you think about like when you see those, uh, mm. when they find the skeletons of the prehistoric turtles that were, you know, bigger than cars. And everybody just thinks, oh, it's a big turtle. And then you think about that with box rolls, like, oh, that would kill you. Right. A giant turtle would hunt you down and kill you. No joke. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then eat your bones and feel no concern whatsoever about it. <laughs> well, right. Well, like with uh, redfoots and stuff, we used to have, uh, when I worked at the zoo, we had a redfoot in with the kookaburra. And every now and then the kookaburra would grab its mouse and go up. And then it would end up dropping its mouse and mm-hmm. it was too lazy to go down and get it. Redfoot would walk right over and just eat the mouse. And you're like, yep. This is a tortoise, but it, it, they do. They love meat. Yeah, oh, no, I have I've heard the no redfoots do uh, well with a little bit more protein. Like yeah, John Grant said he feeds his uh, his redfoots quite a quite a bit. Uh, they feed some rodents quite a bit. Because yeah. I, I I sent that in a group chat that I was like, holy shit, this thing just devoured these these uh, fuzzy mice like like nothing. And he said he does that as well. Yeah, I, I gave our big breeding female redfoot uh, like a, a whole adult mouse a couple days ago, and she she grabbed it, put her foot on it, and just ripped it in half. It was horrifying and awesome. I was like, I loved it. So this is just certain species of tortoise, though, right? I think so. I mean, like, definitely don't give yourself cotta boiled chicken, but oh, I yeah. think like redfoots are are definitely a more like they're they're oh. living kind of in the same habitat as box turtles, and they're eating kind of the same thing. But yeah, I, it, I don't know. I haven't gone sense. out and followed them well, around. Because sulcatas, sulcatas are a grassland tortoise. They're they're roaming along the grasslands, and so that's going to be the bulk of their diet. They're they're not roaming along and finding a lot of insect life. And they're whereas redfoots are living in more of a jungle area, a lot like or forested area, a lot like box turtle, like you said. And so mm-hmm. they're going to come across things in the leaf litter Ooh. and yeah, insects and grubs and mice and shit. Yeah. Some of my big dubia roaches when I oh definitely when I call yeah. out some of the colony. No, and I've I've heard that uh, people in South America will go out and they'll find them eating uh, carrion from like you know some of the large rodents they have down there, like agoutis, and they'll they'll be eating uh, roadkill agouti. Shelled hyenas is all they are. <laughs> they <laughs> really are slow. Shelled. Oh my god, I love that. That's so crazy. Have you seen Have you seen it's floated around in a couple of tortoise uh, groups lately? Uh, someone did some amazing CG work with uh, an imaginary tortoise. I think his name was her name's Lilith. And so when you watch the video, it looks like a dog. It, it's a tortoise, but it's like galloping and jumping and prancing around <laughs> and coming really fast. And everybody was like, "Oh my god! Oh my god! It's real!" I'm like, "That's definitely not real. Tortoises don't move that way." But the person had to go and show like the CG work that they did, and they put out a couple. Of, they did one where they're walking out on a leash down the road, and it's like hopping along like a dog. <laughs> That's so, just, so cool. Just the idea of like the the really slow hyenas, and I'm thinking, man, if this thing was real, it would it would attack you. So, 
That's so well, crazy. That was, a, that was a tangent. We went from pigs to tortoises. But mm-hmm. yeah, well, how did we end up here? <laughs> and Katie's back. And yeah. Katie is back. So with ice cream. Okay. What? So with your, you said your retake got a an RI, and you think mm-hmm. it was from the freeze. At what point do you realize the retic has an RI? Because you know the, uh, the big snakes have that whole like you can hear them breathing, and people oh, always yeah. freak out all the time with the big snakes. It's wheezing, and I'm like, no, they're just they're just big, and a one giant long makes noise. What, yeah, what I mean, that's, that's what I thought. But um, then one day, maybe six weeks after the freeze, I walked in there and I saw him just stargazing, like looking straight up, oh, and man. I was like, oh, okay, yeah, you you're you're sick, okay. Uh, so we, we took him down to Dr. White in Houston. Um, he prescribed a couple antibiotics. So I had to give him injections every three days for the next two weeks. And then just because it didn't completely clear him out, we had to give him another course for three more injections. So another week or so. Uh, and he was, he was real good about it. Like he didn't try to bite or must or get away or anything, but I felt horrible because I had to, you know, jab him in the, Basically, like in the the rib cage, inject yeah. it, and then jab him again with the second one. Well, that's I need everybody to understand because a lot of times you'll hear, uh, you know, everybody goes to Facebook for, and and I've been guilty of it, but we go to Facebook for for medical help, which is the worst, the worst oh, possible yeah. idea you can do. Yeah. You got to find a reptile vet and go to a reptile vet. Um, but you know, every time I was like, my snake's on RI, and it's just crank up the temperatures. And for a lot of things, if, if it's early on, I know cranking the temperatures, especially like boas, can help, but like when you got to your point and and it, you notice there's more than just a light wheeze, people have got to realize you're going to need antibiotics. You need you need to go see a vet. Yeah, yeah. Like when it, when it gets to that point with an animal that's that large, it's not going to just be fixed by by increasing the heat. Yeah, and and it's interesting with antibiotics because so many people will go with uh, what is it? Uh, Batril? No, Batril. I'll just give it a bait. Like she give it bait, and we'll be fine. But when I took my boa, she had a, a mask on her face that had to be removed. Luckily, it was not cancer, which we were very happy about. But uh, the vet told us that there, there was an infection inside that mask, and that they had to give it a certain uh, antibiotic because it was actually resistant to the usual antibiotics they would have gone with for her. Oh wow! Um, and so that was a you know that's one of those things where. You can't always be the home vet. You can't, you can't, there's sometimes you've got to go to a reptile. More than often, you need to go to a reptile vet. Mm-hmm. And and I, I, I specifically, it's got to be a reptile vet because as much as other vets will go, well, I can try this. You need someone who's actually done it and has studied yeah. them. And, no, and you, you need someone who knows, okay, this medication will kill a snake when yeah. it's fine with cats. Yeah, then, I saw someone posted yeah. in a group the other day, what? I forget what it was. Their, what uh, was it about vet- that antibiotic? Um, well, hold on. I'll go back. But I post, someone posted in another group the other day okay. that their vet gave them an injection for something. And then, like, within 24 hours, the snake died. And I can't remember what it yeah. was. But, uh. I mean, I know for a fact that, like, ketamine is. That's what it was. Tranquilizer. Yeah. That's super common as a tranquilizer for large animals, like rhinos, lions, all that. Mm. It will kill reptiles. Yeah. Uh, not like reptiles and whales and dolphins, actually. If you put them under anesthesia, they will not wake up from that. So you need yeah. to use other things for reptiles and like dolphins. You can't really give them anything. Well, I remember uh, that was one of the things when you watched like uh, anything with crocodiles. So Steve Brown was a big one or Brady Barr. They, they don't they don't they just tie the animal up because, again, you can't put them under anesthesia because you risk, especially with reptiles, them not waking up from it. 
Yeah. So that's more you know what's um, horrifying? What? We're supposed to get eight inches of rain where we're going to be at for our show this weekend. That's uh, that's like that, that's like Charles, but it's close enough. Yeah, it's going to be. I mean, just flooded in Lafayette too. That's oh, that's great. Three shows in a row where it rains <laughs> all freaking weekend. So going back, what Katie said about the antibiotic that our our unacceptable. Um, got, to our boa got actually. I'm it was so weird. sick of rain. She seems she's lagging. Our boa got these antibiotic capsules that were sewn into the 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 cut, and then they broke down over time, and it was basically like time release antibiotics. That's and it absorbed. So cool. Yeah, it absorbed into the. I've into never it. heard of that, but that's that's awesome. It was a really really cool thing. And, and, and well, and were they like the size of when a, she brought her out to the would take, or were they a lot smaller? They were. Um, like the size of like an aspirin, huh. maybe a little smaller than aspirin, but sewn in there. Interesting. And um, well, when she brought her out to the car, she was like, "She's a little more swollen than she's supposed to be, but this is why." And because it was right after COVID started, so we couldn't go in. Yeah, yeah, we, so we spent all that, and then, no, we heard it. Just mm-hmm. next time into the mic. <laughs> okay, sorry. Yeah, you and Robert. Sorry, I keep there. forgetting that I, I've got these. I, I'm going to turn y'all into podcasters before before it's over. Uh, but yeah, that, that was a really, really cool thing to watch that that had to be sewn into, uh, into the part, part where they removed the mass. But yeah, and if you can't find a reptile vet, most states have a state college that has a vet school. Mm-hmm. That's your best place to go first. Check with them. Uh, cause most vet schools have an actual vet office running through the vet school and they, most yeah. of them have an exotics part of their vet school. Absolutely. Huh? And and I cannot stress this enough to anyone listening. Figure this out before you need it. Yeah, because yeah. on Friday night, when I saw that our pig was sick, I was calling our regular vet. All of their doctors were off for the weekend because it was Memorial Day and it was 430 in the afternoon. Uh, every other vet I called either didn't treat pigs or they were closed. So I eventually ended up just calling A&M. They have a large animal hospital and they're open 24 seven. And honestly, that's probably going to be my first choice the next time something's wrong with her. Even though it's an hour and 20 minute drive, unless it's, you know, times of the essence, they knew what they were doing. They were open 24 seven and they were pretty reasonably priced, which was really nice. Yeah. I mean, granted, my snake went through an entire surgery and had to have a whole bunch done. So it was going to be expensive no matter where we went for it. And the problem we ran into was, Fucking COVID. And we so, were there for eight hours. Well, and because of COVID, uh, everything was technically listed as an emergency. So uh, the prices yeah. go up when they get to use the word emergency. Of course they do. But it was 100% worth everything we paid. She's alive. She's eating. I mean, she struck at me like crazy the other day when I walked by her cage. So she's healthy. <laughs> um, but we are really, we're really the one hobby where everybody's like, Nah, I'm not going to go to bed. And I'm not going to, I've been that person because I've been like, I don't want to spend the money. Uh, I, I would argue that like livestock people are also that way. Like, especially yeah. poultry, either it's something you can do with a home remedy or off to the freezer with you. I guess so. we, we aren't as likely to just say that out loud, but the implication is yeah. there. I've had some snakes that I knew were too far gone because things happen too quickly. And yeah. I have froze them. Um, or I've also had some snakes who were, I had, I'm talking about before, I had a hog island boa that I went through a point where I lost all my boas several years ago. Everything got sick and died within like days whenever they would get sick, they just died. 
I had a Hog Island boy that made it through it, but she was never, I found out later on it was a he, but never the same. And just, I always had to like take the rat and put it in his mouth and then he would swallow it. And it was, you just couldn't gain weight. And so finally, after years of that, I was like, all right, dude, this, this life has got to suck. Uh, and so I made that decision. And I know some people are going, well, you should take it to the vet and had them put it down. I could have. Um, but I put it in the freezer because I'm old school. I put it in the freezer and I know how expensive it is for one shot of the stuff that puts them down. It's, but yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's, you know, and that's, that's the thing. Like a lot of, a lot of livestock people will say, you know, I've got a, got a 12 gauge in the, in the house. I'll be right back. And that's that. But well, livestock's one of those were Batril and, uh, oh, what is the other one? There's two. What, what's the one for, for worming? Oh, uh, ivermectin? Iver- yep. Ivermectin yeah. and Batril. That's, that's livestock. I know that that's their answer so for almost everything. For us growing up, it was, uh, with horses, it was Banamine. And there was another one that you could buy over the counter that is now no longer over the counter. But <laughs> we gave that to every mammal that, <laughs> yeah. oh, it's sick. Yep. Give it a shot. But I can't remember for the life of me what the hell it was called now. I, like I said, I, I've been guilty of being the person who didn't want to go, but now where I am I, at this point in my hobby, I, I can't make, I can't be that person anymore because I mean, and it's going to sound bad, but there is a financial, there's a, there is a value for my animals. There's a, there's an emotional value 100%. Like I don't, there's, yeah. but I can't be ridiculous and say there's not a financial value on my animals either. I mean, I had a full grown sun glow female boa that I knew that if I bred her would make me more than what the surgery was worth. So I could cover that. And she didn't have to die from whatever was on her face. And so I, there was, there was, I weighed those options. And, um, and but like I said, I'm, I'm at a point now where if it happens, it, I go. And, I, and everyone should. Again, you should have your vet lined up. And don't just go to a vet. Many vets will say, you know what? I, I can do that. It, that's not the answer you're looking for when you're looking for a reptile vet. No, they're, they're going to be Googling stuff um, as they go if you try to take a, a snake or a lizard to a dog and cat vet. Yes, and you go. Well, I saw I saw snakes when I was in college, twenty years ago. Like that's yeah. not that's, that's not enough. No, so like the, the understanding of physiology has changed ten times since then. What is it? Is it Arab? I think is Arab I think it's American Reptile and Amphibian Vets. You can go A-Rab. there. I think it's Arab and you can search for vets in your area that are registered <clears throat> reptile and amphibian vets, which is also a great place to start to try and find your vet. Yeah, um, no, that's that's awesome. But yeah, do but, it before you have an animal that's, you know, in an emergency situation. Yes. So let's get to a more positive. So I did ask you to come up with a question hmm, for yeah. our listeners. And it was, it was a really, when you, when you sent me the question, I was like, Man, I can't believe I never asked that. That's a really good question. It's not normally what people think of. Uh, they normally go with, what do we want to see more of in the hobby? And your question it's not so much what we want to see less of, but well, I mean, it, you could interpret it that way. Yeah. Well, and it, and, and that's why I want to talk about it because I, I looked at it one way and I know Katie, when she first thought about it, looked at it a different way. And then we just, we, we talked about it a lot. But the question was, what is a species you wish was less readily available in the hobby, either imported or captive bred and why? And mm-hmm. I know when I first, you know, the first gut instinct near that for someone like me is, Ball pythons, just because I don't like them. But then I thought that doesn't really fit because when you think of a ball python, and, and I saw this pop up. I actually I posted this question in two places. I posted it on our podcast page, which I have to give credit to our listeners. Our listeners had some of the best in depth mm-hmm. answers 
Yeah. Uh, and, and they had great reasoning, and they were awesome. And then I posted it on a, a general reptile page, which is no longer there. So I don't know what happened or why I got booted off of that page. But many of the answers there were definitely. Uh, and no one, uh, no one was ugly to each other. Yeah, on ours, no one was ugly. And, and I don't know what happened to the other one. But many of the answers on the other one were very, I won't say, I'll say uneducated. They're uneducated uh, gut instinct ones. Very much the ball pythons because I'm tired of seeing ball pythons at shows. And that was, again, where my mind originally went. But then I thought about it. You know, ball pythons are relatively small. Um, one person I saw said, don't do ball pythons because they're picky eaters. But honestly, ball pythons nowadays are not picky eaters like ball pythons 25 years ago. Oh, God, no. I Like 10 years ago, I had a, a 15-year-old female, and she was a nightmare to feed. Like she was an old school ball python. Yeah. Hungry strike for a year until I finally gave yeah. in and just bought live mice for. Yeah, now people are freaking out when their ball python won't eat for two weeks, and we're like, just calm the fuck down. Just yeah, no, it's it's like you know they buy a baby at a show, they come home uh, like Saturday night, they try to feed it, <clears> and then they try to feed it Sunday, and then they try to feed it Monday, and then they post <laughs> in a group freaking out because their snake is going to starve to death. This thing's been smacked in the face with a frozen rat three days in a row, and you're wondering why it doesn't want to eat. Right. That's probably why it doesn't want to eat. The day after yeah. you bought it at a show, most of the time. Yeah. After the breeder tells you, don't try and feed it for two weeks, let it settle in, and then two days later they're messaging you, hey, my snake won't eat. So, so again, I, I took some thought into this question, uh, and, and I said, well, there were a couple of criteria I had for things that I didn't want to see in a hobby. One, size. Does it get large? Because to me, that's a very big issue. Mm -hmm. and, and I know a lot of people out there have large reptiles of whatever sort, and they take amazing care of it. But I'm thinking, and we, and we all, we do these shows, especially the Herps shows, we see the general public that comes in there. The general person walking in doesn't need a large reptile of any sort. And so size was a big one. And then uh, ease of care was another one. How uh -huh. easy is it to take care of and feed? I consider myself to be a pretty accomplished keeper. And I'm still nervous about having this boa. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's, that's a big animal. It's a big responsibility. Well, and, it's, and, and and the thing is, you you we didn't get you a boa as a baby, right? And then it, you grow it up, right? Someone gave you a full grown motley female boa, right? And you're like, oh shit, this is way bigger than a ball python, and it is. So I took ball pythons off the list because again, if someone if someone decides they don't want it anymore, because that was something I saw about a lot of people. If if, mm -hmm. if they don't want this animal anymore, what are they going to do with it? Well, if it's a ball python, they're fairly easy to rehome. Yeah, uh, everyone you can find someone that's willing. Yes, you can find someone that's willing to take it. Uh, they're they're easy to house in your own home because they don't get large. Uh, they're easy to feed. They're easy to take care of. So they came off of my list, and I decided that ball pythons probably don't need to be on the list of things we don't need. And again, the other web, the other Facebook group I posted on, that was a big one. They started, you know, they really hated ball pythons. And don't get me wrong, I'm I'm in that category of being tired of them. But yeah. I want to read through several of the answers we got, and then we'll discuss some of these answers because. Uh, many of the animals that our listeners mentioned were definitely on my list and they gave great reasons. They were definitely reasons I agreed with. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, let's get through them. So. I was looking at it as well and there was a couple that surprised me, but when I thought about it, I definitely agreed. Like I could see where they're yeah. coming from. I think I know one of those. We'll get to it in a minute, but I think I yeah. know once when they said it, I was like, and then I thought about, yeah, that doesn't make sense. Hmm. So Blake and Abnett, his first one was uh, Savannah monitors. Gaboon hmm. Vipers, he said two come to mind. Savannah monitors because they're the amount of people who know nothing about their diet and buy it because it's a cheap little baby lizard. Gaboon vipers because of how serious their venom versus how available they are to purchase. So I'm going to remove, I'm going to remove venomous 
reptiles from this conversation. Just on the simple fact that I think we can all agree in general, most people don't need to own venomous snakes unless they are well versed and trained and, and can do it correctly. And we, yeah. And ninety nine percent of people yeah. just can't. And, so, and there will be people who disagree with me on this, but that's why I really like the way Florida has a, a permitting system that you actually have to study. And to that is a rough permit. permit system, though. That is a hundred hours for every yeah. family. No, and I, I'm, I'm totally fine with that. Like, show I'm, that you're willing to put in the work, because the people I'm, who aren't I'm, willing to do that are the people who are going to get bit because they're lazy. Yes. And I'm perfectly fine with a permitting system. I, I, mm-hmm. I think a permit system, as long as it is a feasible, and that one is a feasible one, it forces yeah. someone to go out one and find a mentor. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So you have to find somebody you can work with and that can teach you. And then you, you put in the time working with those animals, 100 hours. By 100 hours, you'll know if you want to keep a mamba. You know, by 100 hours, you'll know if a rattlesnake is a snake for you. Like, you'll learn that. You you, you may get 20 hours into elapids and go, mm, these aren't the fucking snakes for me. I yeah, don't want to do that. That's elapids. the thing is that they have a separate uh, permit for vipers versus elapids. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like, elapids, vipers, yeah. uh, colubridae. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like I'm missing one. There's one more I want to say in there. What else is there? I I don't know, but I feel like there's another one. I don't know. Vipers yeah. are where I would fall. I, most of the stuff I like is in the viper, yeah. viper yeah. day, so... So as much as I agree with Blake, yes, Gabu Vipers or any venomous probably should be on the list of things that should be less available to people in certain areas. Uh, and a lot of that just is going to stem down to reliable and responsible breeders of those animals, making sure they don't go to places they don't need to go. So Savannah monitors, though, 100% agree. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, they're way too cheap, for one, because they're all imports, and very few people are breeding them. and And it's almost not... It's not worth breeding them because you can't sell a captive bred one because most people are going to go, well, why would I pay $400, mm-hmm. $500, $600 for this right. when well, I can get one for 20 Yeah, and like everything you just said applies to one of the two on my list, which is Nile monitors. Oh, yeah. Exactly the same issue, but they get two or three times the size. Yeah. Like I, I had one for a while, and I was in a, a Nile Facebook group, and the number of people in there who had no business keeping those lizards outnumbered the very few who knew what they were doing. And it was like, Every every week there would be these idiotic questions from people who really had no business having this lizard, but because they're they're cheap and they're available and you know they're this big when they're babies, people buy them for like I've seen them forty five bucks at a show once. That's crazy. Like you can't get a massive lizard that much. Well, and then people spend forty five dollars on it and they don't want to spend anything on mm-hmm. husbandry. Yeah, because it's a forty-five dollar animal. They yeah, don't they want to spend a forty-gallon breeding tank with a right. lid and say we're good, right? Right. Well, and that's the problem. Is like, and, and monitors were on several lists, and I think monitors in general. Yeah. Uh, when I say yeah. monitors, I'm talking savannah monitors and up savannas, blackthroats, water monitors, Nile monitors, one hundred percent croc monitors oh, uh, are on that list because one, very few people, and I've been guilty of it. I bought a twenty-dollar savannah monitor back when I was in college, and I took god awful care of it now it wasn't a fairly big but there were a million things i should have done better yeah i gave it to somebody else because one it wasn't a baby baby it was like a foot and a half long and it never wanted me to touch it not in a million years now i'm older i now know i could have done a lot to try and train and tame it down and gain some trust uh which i would love to do i would love a full-grown you know the old puppy dog tame savannah monitor that'd be awesome yeah I mean, I'm, I I don't want to be a hypocrite. Like, I'm I'm picking up a black dragon in a couple of weeks at the Conroe show, which I'm excited about. But like, that's third generation captive bred water monitor. It's not a Nile that came in six weeks ago from 
you know, God knows where in Africa. It's your Black Dragon gun from Blake Wilson. Yes, yes, it is. <laughs> I'm excited. They all come from Blake around here. Yeah, no, um, unless you're buying it from someone far, far away. Yeah, yeah, right. And, and I'm not, and I'm in no way want anybody to think that I'm saying no one should own these animals because that is not it. No, it's no, just they take a large house, just in general, a full grown <laughs> takes not just a house it can fit in. But these are animals that need to be able to dig and climb and and move around and get and get away from me. That's another thing with monitors. And I've listened a lot to the uh, the monitor podcast with mm-hmm. um, oh, Kai Fano. Yeah, yeah. They you really start to learn that this whole idea that monitors love it five million degrees and they just let is not really what they need. They don't need a super super hot spot or a super super hot cage the whole time because that's kind of where the idea was. It's the whole cage. Um, and so the general public doesn't doesn't give that kind of care unfortunately no like so, I'm, I'm i'm cool with you know savannas and niles being in the hobby i yeah. just honestly i wish that we would stop importing them because then the people who really want to have them would figure out how to breed them 100 you know then it would be a totally different game like they can be you know good lizards to take care of if you know what you're doing but yeah. while they're this cheap and this readily available it's not like a you know a black throat or a, a water monitor where, you know, yeah, it's a it's a big commitment, but you're not going to spend a thousand dollars on a croc monitor unless you're pretty serious about it. But right. someone can get an animal that's almost as difficult to care for, almost as big for, you know, almost nothing. Fifty bucks, yeah. Or if you look on Facebook for free when someone buys one at a show for fifty bucks and then doesn't want it, yeah, no, like yeah. that. That's the the ten percent that survived the first six months. It's it's a shame. And, and like Blake said on here, diet. Diet is a big thing with monitors. A lot of these monitors need insects. A, a larger diet of insects. But the problem is many of the people that get a, a monitor go straight to rodents. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's why you see the few Savannah monitors that do make it past a year are fat as hell. Oh, yeah, they're, they're footballs. So, I mean, diet issue. They're not, they're not getting fed. Yeah. So it's, I agree, Blake. Those uh, venomous, we put them in no category, but Savannah monitors for sure. Uh, Travis Wyman, these are definitely two that will be on my list, and I've said this for a long time. He said toss up between iguanas and retics. Both are often a first species for people, despite the fact that they are horrible beginner species. They also both have males with a tendency to go a little bit psycho once they hit puberty, and the information is rarely, if ever, communicated to the buyer. Yeah, I don't think iguana. Sellers. I don't want to say iguana breeders. I think someone who truly, truly breeds iguanas probably is giving the proper information. But a lot of these things are wholesale, 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 wholesale. Whole, yeah, you know, no, they're they're either buying them from someone in Florida or they're importing them from someone who ranches them in Mexico or something. And yeah, yeah, they're you know again thirty, forty bucks for a, a foot and a half foot or a foot and a half long blue iguana, and it's a and, six to seven foot animal. Yeah. yeah. Like, like I, can, I have a, a man here yeah. who's four and a half feet, and I'm thankful that he's really chill. Like, I got him as an adult. He was a, a family pet for a long time. He's the tamest iguana I've ever seen. He'll still have days where he doesn't want to deal with you. And, uh, like, my fiance, whenever she goes in there to, like, feed or change water or anything, she's going to get tail with And that's in an eight by eight by six enclosure where he doesn't have to be anywhere near her if he doesn't want to be. Right. Yeah. While I worked at the zoo, we had several of them. There was one, one female we could use in education. She was amazing. Oh, Lord. 
Lord. Yeah. Every male we had would bite, claw, whip the crap out of you. You just couldn't get near them. You know, and yeah, they're impressive when they're at six foot long, but they're they're not a safe animal. Just because you're like, it eats vegetables. Yes, but it will also <laughs> try to get right out of you. Right. <laughs> exactly. Right. <laughs> Hippos are herbivores and they kill more people than anything else in yeah, Africa. Right. So. Exactly. Uh, I definitely agree. The problem is they are so cheap and they've been so cheap for so long. Yeah. And, and they're so established in like the public consciousness that like, yeah. I, I joke that to the general public, there's three types of lizard. It's iguana, chameleon, and iguana. Like that's, that's what people know. <laughs> well, you'll see a lot of times that shows I've, I've seen people, it could be any kind of lizard and they go, is that an iguana? And I'm like, that's a yeah. lizard gecko. Like, it's not even close. No, like I, yes. whenever I take a bearded dragon to a, a program, uh, so, you know, I definitely, there's always one kid who, who says, an iguana, when you pull it out, it's like, um, no, the iguana's <laughs> coming out next. Not even close. Yep. And so, then uh, somebody found a, a bearded dragon in their yard in San Angelo the other day. And uh, I had some guy arguing with me. He's like, those are post lizards. Yeah, I'm like, are you talking about a fence, fence lizard? lizard? <laughs> that's not even. We call them post lizards. I'm like, bro, what's, that's a, that's a beard of dragon. What's it but, been eating? Good God! Right, right. Well, that's, I was. I see people look at bearded dragons at a show and they go, "These are the same things I got running around my yard." Not unless you live in Australia, right? Just yeah, yeah you don't. Exactly. Unless for that one person, apparently had one running around in their yard. Yeah. Uh, and then Travis also one of mine that I had on my list were retics. The big one I had on my list were retics, and. Yeah. I know that's going to be a very unpopular opinion because there are a lot of people out there that own retics, which is also another thing that's slightly unsettling. You're yeah, talking I mean, about I, I have a retic. I love him. He's a puppy dog. But again, I was lucky I got him as an adult with an established temperament. I knew what I was getting into, but he's he's a 10-foot animal, and I would not want anything bigger than that. Yeah, and I've seen some people at leaving a show with a baby retic, and I'm like, these people have no clue what they're getting into. You yeah. Know, you know, they're, no, like anytime I see someone at a show with a snake they just bought carrying it around or like on their neck or on their hand, I'm like, okay, stop, put it back in the cup, stop scaring it. Yeah. You're, you're making this way worse than it needs to be. Put it somewhere dark, take yeah. it home, let it, let it decompress. Don't wave it around for yeah. six hours. Uh-huh. And don't take it to the car and put it on the dash and come back in. Oh, God. Yeah, because we've had that happen. Oh, that that doesn't or, shock me. The, but that's one of the Conros where I saw someone walking around with a black chameleon. Yeah. Oh, boy. Just in case you guys are wondering, chameleons aren't black. Right. <laughs> so if it is black, it doesn't want to be on your shoulder walking around a show. Right. Yeah. No, that's honestly like that was something that came out of COVID was that uh, Sean kind of said no bringing your own personal animals to the show to just walk around with. I yeah, think they should have done that a long time ago because you don't know what those animals are bringing in with them. You don't know, you know, what they're going to do. Like, you don't know that someone's not going to try and walk in with a gaboon around their neck. <laughs> Sean had to tell someone they couldn't come into the New Orleans show once with a chicken in a backpack. Yep. The little bubble backpack with a chicken in it. And I'm like, why would that have even been okay? Why, I know what, why I know the what fuck are you walking about. around with a chicken? No, I... Yeah. So I remember there was an episode of NPR a while back. Owen was talking about he went to a show and there was someone with a pair of rats on their shoulder and they were dressed up as a bride and groom and they were getting really close to somebody who had a carpet python out. Yep. <laughs> and I, 
I've seen that exact thing come very close to happening. Yep. We, uh, Rachel had the Blue Beauty out at Stafford, and somebody came walking up with a hairless rat in their hand. And I'm like, back up, back up, back up, back up. <laughs> this seven and a half foot rat snake will snatch oh that out God. of your hand in a heartbeat. Yeah. Yeah. It's fast uh, enough to get there before you can stop. Yes. It. Yes. Yeah. No, I mean, those are basically just Asian creepos. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He's uh he's awesome. Uh, actually, last night or night before last was the first time since we've had him that we've fed him uh, because we gave him a couple weeks to settle in and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it is impressive watching that dude go to work. <laughs> he's yeah. uh, he's you know he's full grown adult and uh, um that is an impressive animal. No, I I I love them. I don't know if I'm ever going to keep one, but they're definitely something I think are stunning. Well, he's a uh, he's been an educational animal that they've taken to schools and everything oh, nice. else. Super nice. chill. Yeah, now, he is. Nobody's handled him in two and a half weeks, and. Uh, he might be a little handful to get out when we do in a couple of days, but you know, he's probably gonna be like a lot of stuff, but once you get him out of that cage, yeah. he's probably perfect. Yeah. That's fine. what they told us. They said, he'll bluff. If he doesn't want to come out, he'll let you know, but he'll bluff a little bit, but he's never knock on wood, <laughs> bitten anyone. So no, that's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. And he's gorgeous. You know, they, they have the three different patterns from their head. Yeah. To their tail and yeah. Yeah. No, that's what blew me away when I was looking up pictures of them. Uh, and it's like, oh, oh, okay. And yeah. they get big. Yeah. Wow. And they're blue, like blue, blue. Yeah. Not like, right. no, they're, yeah. They're not he, like, a, they're not like a corn snake lavender, right. which is just an off shade of gray. Yeah. He shed about a week ago too. And man, he looks great right now. Yeah. No, I, we just got a, uh, a Cyclora Lewisi hybrid uh, a couple weeks ago and he's, he's like half, or I don't know what proportion he is, but he's a mix of like the Grand Cayman blue iguana and uh, Cuban rock iguana. And when oh, it's yeah. sunny and he's in a good mood, like he's got a, a nice blue overcast on his head and it's beautiful. When he's in a good mood, right? <laughs> yeah. No, and he's, he's pretty chill. Like he's, he's uh, like taken food out of my hand so far. And, uh, you know, he's, he's good. I, I like him. That's cool. So going back to, we jumped off to retakes. Going back to retakes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I I blame I blame a lot of people for this one, but definitely some of the YouTubers. And I'll probably mm-hmm. say it. Jay Brewer's a big one. Uh, Barcheck's yep. a big one. Uh, for some reason, even though they show they do show videos of these things snapping at them and trying to bite them, people think that's funny and great, and I want that. But they don't understand that one bad move and that thing that's funny. And they're like that woman that had that retick come out at her and she well, didn't read it properly. What people don't realize is that Jay and Brian have been handling those big snakes yeah. for years and years yeah. and years. And he knows that it's about to lunge at his face. Yeah. And he knows that he's going to have to move. You as, you know, like a fight, you, you, yeah. you might not be as lucky. Yeah, you want to boop it on the snoot. And that's yeah. a horrible fucking idea. Yeah. If you've ever seen a full-grown retick's mouth open, it's as big as your fucking face. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. it's no. like you know Steve Irwin, like he he knew how to read crops and exactly. how to work around right. them. You know, if I try to go do that, like I've worked with alligators a little bit, I'm not going to just go in with a bunch of crocodiles because right. they're you know pumped up to eleven compared to a gator. Yeah, right. I've, I've worked with both of them, and that's I told Robert, I've told him twice now. We, we we really got lucky living here in the United States because we really got the giant pansy of all crocodiles, yeah. all crocodilians. God, you know, yeah. Alligators are puppy dogs compared to everything else yeah 
And I've dealt with Niles, and I had one jump off of a four foot into an empty pool that I was cleaning, jump four feet off, and just blam, four feet onto the concrete coming at me. Uh, I was done cleaning the pool at that moment in time. I, was, I didn't care how what was left. Uh, I had a big, full-grown American crocodile who you really had to have – you had to fight with him first to get him out of the way, and then once he was out of the way, you could do stuff. But if you got too close, he was going to fuck you up. And then I had big-ass alligators who you just, like, poke with a broom, and it's like, yeah, I'll go walk away. Yeah, no, I, I I once slipped cleaning our alligator pool at the water park. I slipped on some algae, fell, uh, like, my hand was this close to the biggest male's jaws. He was five and a half feet, so not huge, but big enough that he could do some damage. I was sure I was going to feel him bite me. He didn't didn't flinch to look at me. I got Too out of there work. quickly, but he didn't care. Too much work for them. They're not going to do yeah, it. Right. It's, yeah. And that's someone out there right now is going, alligators are dangerous. I'm not saying they're not dangerous. No, they, they are. Saying. Like anything, they're not small water crocodiles. Okay, right. yeah, they're, they're they're not actively trying to kill you. Right. Yeah, like Nile so. crocodiles have been eating people longer than people have been people. Right, <laughs> we're as much part of their food chain as uh, like zebras. Totally. Yes, yes, that is true. Yeah, we're just a big warm hunk of meat to them. Yeah, we're a funny looking bad. Yeah. It doesn't even fight back <laughs> that hard. No, <laughs> it's pretty easy to eat. Yeah, um, but it, the the thing with retics is scary. Like I said, I, those YouTubers <sighs> retics have 30 40 50 eggs at a time mm-hmm. yeah yeah that's so, that's the big thing with like all the species that i was thinking of they have such huge clutches that the market's flooded like and then you add in morphs and it's like you know okay to get this one animal that you're thinking of that's a combination of three genes you're producing total over a hundred animals that are like double het for something but they look normal and you're just letting them go to whoever because you don't want to have them around they're their uh like collateral damage essentially totally and and so i i agree now the one area where i differ on this is like uh garrett hartle garrett hartle at reach out reptiles is doing uh super dwarf and dwarf retics now with that said i'm not saying these things are like three foot long they're uh, a dwarf retic can still get nine ten foot depending on what if it's mixed with something and all that yeah yeah but he's doing a lot of locale stuff these are definitely smaller and then the more they work with them they are going to be smaller versions of what everybody loves about a retic. Um, and so I kind of like that path. That path I'm okay yeah. with. No, I think that's great because you're basically making a retic into a carpet python and carpets are, yeah. the, are the prick snake. Yeah. And so, so, and, and he's doing, I mean, if you get something from Garrett Hartle, it's, he's, well, I, it's, I'm pretty sure Garrett vets all of his customers yes. as well. He's mm-hmm. very yeah. particular. Yeah. And they're not cheap. So, yeah, no, yeah that's, that's the other thing is that there's a, you know, a higher bar to entry into owning that animal. Right. So, retics were definitely on my list. Uh, I agree with Travis. Uh, Victoria Teague said retics as well. Uh, not everyone can care for them as adults, which is 100% true. Again, I think people underestimate what 12, 13, 14 foot of retic is. Or 20 pounds of retic poop. That is true. They they will poop larger than you've ever seen. Yeah. Um, or what feeding one takes. And if you can't afford to feed it, then you really don't want to mess with that retake because then it's hungry. And so a hungry retake is no fun. No, yeah. I can't imagine. So here's one that was on the list that once it got said, I, and, and I've kind of said this before about this animal because we'll, we'll talk about beginner species at some other point, but the bearded dragon. Mm-hmm. Dominique DeFalco said the bearded dragon. And I I've said many, many times before, uh, I don't know many people that have ever bought a bearded dragon, but I know tons of people that own bearded dragons. 
uh, because so many people get them and either don't take care of them and someone takes it or they just don't want it anymore. Uh, I, I will say the, I'm one of those people who bought a bearded dragon. Uh, one of our two we bought as a baby at a at her show, and she's she's great. We've had her for two and a half years, but no, every other bearded dragon I've ever had was, was someone uh, from someone else. Yeah. We have five. We bought two, and they're the two that are specific, like morphs. Yeah, yeah. The other ones are all just normal, and yeah. And so and so many of them suffer from uh, MBD. MBD. Just they're not getting the right UV. And so Dominique says, uh, and she says she says a lot of this, but there are so many people, so many in rescues, and most of them are in horrible conditions because people uh, label them as good beginner pets, but the average person is not prepared for the daily care that they require, and they are fast to abandon them as soon as it gets tough, or their kid loses interest, which is true. They are not, so they're they're a good beginner pet in the fact that they're small, uh, ish. They are very hardy, which is another thing yeah. that kind of is a curse and, for them because they can live through almost. Yeah. Any sort of bad care. Oh, they'll be they'll be unable to walk. Yeah. And still eating. Yeah. And still and, living. And the, the reptile industry helps with that because they've built a lot of stuff around bearded dragons. So it's yeah. easier to find things specifically for them versus you know other animals that aren't as readily available. That's why I'm very happy to see things like cresties getting pushed a little more. Cresties mm-hmm. are definitely uh, since they don't require that UV, which is a big thing with most lizards requiring UV. So I'm not saying that you can't give your crest UV, but yeah. And like, I, I will, I will definitely agree that any reptile will benefit from UV. Yeah. Even yeah. my snakes that live in racks that don't get it. I'm mm-hmm. sure with it, it can only help, yeah, but there's, it is not a huge detriment to their health. Like it would be a bearded dragon or a Euromastix or something that's not getting that UV yeah. light. No, like if, if you don't give an iguana UV, you're going to have a dead iguana in six months. Yeah, right. Exactly. And so I always suggest people, if they want something, uh, start with a leopard gecko. Mm-hmm. They're, they're nocturnal, so they don't need a UV. Uh, one adult can live in a 10-gallon and still be fine. They have plenty of room. Uh, and, and they stay fairly small. They don't drop their tails very often like a crusty would. Yeah. Uh, they're very easy to care for. Um, but they those, eat bugs. Um, they but do they eat bugs. bugs. They that's, eat bugs. That's what I like about yeah. crusties is no bugs. That is true. Well, if you don't want to. Ours right. loves crickets. Right. Yeah. But no, they, they will eat them, but they, you, yeah. you can get around that if you don't want to deal with it. That's what I love about the blue tongue skink. Yes. Yeah. Well, I, I think blue tongue skink. That's what I was going to say because they're the size of a bearded dragon, but they're so much easier to take care of. It's basically yes. like a, a leopard gecko or a crestie and yeah. no bugs. Yeah. Cat food. Yeah. Yeah. Some, yeah. some eggs. Yeah. Yeah. We yeah. can give ours some fruit sometimes. Um, you know, and he's a roach here and there. It's like just a big body with these little stubby legs. I love them. He's uh, great. The same person that gave us the uh, the motley boa gave us the blue tongue skink as well. So the, I, I definitely agree. Bearded dragons. We throw away, throw around the. I say we. I don't do it anymore. I probably in the early part of my keeping. I did, but the beginner reptiles. We throw away that around that term, and uh, I, I don't think any reptile is a great beginner pet. The the amount of research that goes into we really understanding their care certain requirements to quality. survive. Yeah. yeah, you know, a beta is a great beginner pet, and I'm sure I someone out there right now that breeds betas is like, no, that look, you keep it warm <laughs> and you feed it, and it'll survive. Like, Tony Tony sells them, and he'll tell you they're great beginner if you get these things. Yeah, yeah, you know, don't yeah. buy I mean, a hole and stick it on the shelf. I mean, no, no animal is going to be a good beginner pet. Yeah, don't, don't, don't uh, wonder why. 
I oh I put it in and it died. I don't know what happened. Yeah, right. So the again, bearded dragons, hundred percent. I agree with Dominique. They there needs to be less of them because there's so many of them in the hobby. You go to these bigger shows and it's just a a giant rubber tote full of babies. Like pick your baby, just scoop in and grab a baby. Like it, it's a shit ton of bearded dragons. Yeah. And so more care, I think, needs to go into the whole breeding. And I mean, any pet store sells them, and and so yeah, yeah. And then they buy that I mean, kit you, that doesn't have all the stuff. Oh god, I hate those. But yeah, like we don't need you know dozens of wholesale breeders producing tens of thousands of them every year. Right. Yeah, we're we're not hurting for bearded because dragons. That's the thing about beardies is they'll yeah. drop like if, eggs. Oh, tons of eggs. Yeah, like twice. if, if no. bearded dragons just for some random reason stopped breeding in 2022. For like two years, the hobby would not be hurting at all. Everyone would be. You no, know, I notice. No. Yeah. Uh, um. Next, our buddy Joe Challoner said uh, he had a couple things. Alligators, which down here that's not a big issue because they're illegal. You can't sell them down here. I know yeah. they do sell yeah. alligators. Right. One hundred percent belong on there because as much as we talked about them being giant pansies, you don't. You, most people can't house an alligator like the one that yeah. uh and ed have that that those are the yeah. guy kept it in a tub for 20 years or whatever and it's stunted yeah they're stunted mm-hmm. alligator which yeah. they're taking great care of it now but oh, i mean yeah. that thing has gone it, it's it is what it is at this point right um yeah like, i know crocodilian is a good beginner pet no, but no, if, no. if there was one that i would say is probably the best out of all of them for a private owner it would be chinese alligators and oh, i want one yeah uh, me too. Can't get them. Well, you gotta okay, now, that you're, now that you're living in in Texas, get down to Crocodile Encounter and make friends with Chris Dieter because he's a great guy to know. Uh, and they've also bred Chinese alligators three or four years in a row. It's ten minutes. Not saying he's gonna house. give you one, but you should know him and you should go there and uh, I need this, play with his okay, game. I need this to happen. Show. I need this to happen. Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, Drew. Crocodile Encounter is ten, maybe fifteen minutes from our house. Oh my God! Yeah, yeah. I've never been there. there <laughs> and it's exactly, yeah. As a zookeeper, I, we had a Chinese alligator, and I fucking loved him. Yeah, I mean, he wasn't big. big. They're beautiful gray with bands on them, and yep. they're super calm. They get cute little alligator face, and they only get like five feet. And, yeah. and they're cold they're hearted. Like, than, you know, you can keep oh, them yeah. outside year round and not worry about them. And they're a million times better than any fucking caiman you can try and buy. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Now and you know I have said I. I say that like you can just get them, but huh? Oh, we lost you for a second. What was that? I, I was gonna say like you know they're captive bred, and then I yeah, corrected I myself like there's room. no one who's gonna be able to get them. Can you guys hear me? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. That's the other thing is that you gotta have Sidey's paperwork for them because they are protected. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh. They are very pretty. Crocodilians, owl green oak. Um, Joe also said iguanas, shock about iguanas. Another one on the list, and I own sulcatas. Same thing with bearded dragons, sulcatas. So many people yeah. had Stop them because they've been given them. Everyone I've never bought a sulcata. Right. Yep. Right. Yes, I own five. I haven't bought any of them. Um, yeah, I, I now, have. Again. I have four. I'm getting a fifth tomorrow. And yeah, like people stop stop breeding sulcatas. The love of God, 
we don't need anymore. Yeah, it's well, it, it's kind of like the pig. Some of you will see a mini pig. They go, it's a mini pig. And you're like, it's not a fucking mini pig. They see a four-inch sulcata and say the same thing. Yeah, four. It's a little yeah. turtle. And I'm like, uh, that's a 150-pound tortoise in you know, 20 years. So, right. And people, the general public cannot properly house a full-grown sulcata. Right. They just don't have the resources or able to put in the time. I mean... You need space, outdoor space. You know, I look at it like this. I'm 41 years old. If I buy a baby sulcata now, Logan's going to be almost 40 years old, and he'll still have that thing. Turn your volume up. Too. Yeah, he did. It got real loud in my ears. Well, because you were away from it, and then you moved to it, and then... Uh, yeah, there we go. <laughs> you know, that thing's going to outlive... It's not I'll, even going to be full-grown when I'm gone, probably. My daughter's getting our tortoises. That's the only option. She's gonna, And then she's going to have to give them to somebody. Right. Because they're going to outlive her, and, and especially if you get when you get Aldabras one day, I, I can't mm-hmm. believe that. <laughs> uh, but Solcadas, mm-hmm. that's another thing. Is there? We we talked about it with the iguanas, and we talked about it with the reed ticks, and we talked about it with the savannah monitors. They're cheap. Yeah, yeah. 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 Cheap so, I've ever seen at a show. Like redfoots are two to three hundred dollars. Solcadas are fifty to seventy-five. That's another thing. So, and I've heard this on several other podcasts. Uh, I think it was on the Reptile Fight Club podcast. They talked about, uh, you know, hobby breeders versus large scale breeders mm-hmm. and uh, the prices of certain species kind of driving who keeps what and raises. What. That is one issue. Sulcatas are very cheap. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Sulcatas are a great pet if you can do it. And again, if you can have a most, horse, you can have a sulcata and it'll be yes. a great pet. I always try to tell you they're not a dog, they're a cow. If, however you would keep cattle is how you're going to keep a sulcata. And so they're great if you can do that. But they're really cheap. The problem is things like pancake tortoises are amazing pets. Mm-hmm. But they're not cheap. Uh, mm-hmm. Redfoots, they get a moderate size and need some space, but they're not cheap. Right. Um, yeah. in, in the relative terms to a sulcata. And so that that's that problem there is, uh, you know, like we said, savannah monitors, they're very cheap. But something like Ackies are not cheap, right? And Ackies would be a much better monitor species to keep. That is, that's partially a problem that our hobby is made for ourselves. Is that we we don't price things, uh, and, but the, we don't price things properly. For me, like you know, to help us out with this issue, you know, the first time I went to a venomous show and I saw Kaboom Vipers were ninety bucks. It's like, holy right. fuck, <laughs> right? I'll take six. <laughs> Yeah, if I could get nasty for the price of a Savannah, I would have had them years ago. Yeah. Right. And their they're far Ackies would be a million times better for the general public to have as a monitor. They give you the intelligence of a monitor. They give you the behavior of a monitor. But you can keep them in a 40-gallon tank. Yep. Yeah. Man, I got to say, this new mic with this XLR hookup is so much better. <laughs> like, because I can hear myself yeah. sometimes. And, man. So, anyway. Sorry, my, my audio quality must be much better. So with all that, I want to give a shout yeah. out to uh, everyone that helped all of our audio equipment get bought by donating money to us. Ooh, we still have to do our giveaway for... Oh, yeah. Well, how about my own mic? So, no, I didn't. Uh, no. No, you didn't. I didn't. No, that was our, one of our... That was, yeah, uh, that's right. Kelly. Kelly, I'll yeah. your mic. So, uh, get back to this list, and at some point we'll do our, our winner. I'll have to go through that. You'll have to fill time and talk later about your people. So I, I think I came up with a, no, a name for your segment about morons on on facebook okay so you know how there's the the people of walmart mm-hmm. 
It's the people of Facebook. It's the same idiot. Well, I don't know if we can use Facebook on any of our marketing material because what it is, but people of the internet. The people of the internet. Okay. Anyways, back to this. Uh, Joe Challenger also said baby turtles. Uh, down here, baby turtles aren't that big of an issue. And I think federally, just because of the four-inch law, they're not the same issue they used to be. Yeah, they're so still pretty easy to get. Like, all you have to do is say that it's for education. education. And who's going to check that? Like, I remember but buying you know, a baby radiator slider at a car show when I was six. I guess also I'm spoiled because I only go to herp shows anymore. Right. Mm-hmm. So I don't I don't see tubs of two-inch, three-inch baby turtles for sale at a herp show. Um, and if they are, I have just, just missed them. But in general, I don't see them. Um, yeah, that's, yeah, well, that's Sean's, Sean's a turtle and tortoise guy, too. So Yeah, he's going to go, hey, you can't. Yeah, have that. he's not going to let some bullshit go in there. No, but it, it's like, you know, flea markets and car yeah. shows and stuff like that where people oh. are selling baby turtles. So I hear critter keeper. There's a huge flea market here in Pearland called the Coles Flea Market. And there's a guy in there that always has, I mean, he has a permanent booth there. He'll have tanks and tanks full of red-eared sliders, yellow-eared sliders. That's, um, so I agree with Mud that, turtles, yeah. cooters, everything. But I'm also one of those in general that believes that turtles in general make a bad pet. And, and don't get me yeah. wrong, I know, again, with any of these things, like I'm saying, there's someone out there getting mad at me because they keep turtles. Like Sean. Sean does an amazing job with them. But they take a definite setup to take care of a turtle properly. And they just shit way too much in the oh, water yeah. to be a good pet for me. I, I will never keep aquatic turtles indoors again. Like, it's a pond or nothing. Yeah. So, my, my younger sister lives in Beaumont. They She worked at PetSmart years ago and bought a red-eared slider when her and her now husband were just dating, you know, 10, 12 years ago. And uh, they take immaculate care of that turtle. But they put, it's in a 100-gallon tank. They put, I mean, it, the water, it's like a river in there because they have a huge filtration system yeah. they have a backup filtration system in case that one goes out um you know the basket this thing is thriving but one well, she's a one she's probably right, the one off she but she's that type of person yes. that she has that one animal she has three little animal three little animals running around too her kids <laughs> but that is their one animal that they have and uh she takes you know great care of it but that is definitely the exception. Yes, that's fortunately that is not not the norm as much as we wish it would be. Right. Uh, looking Ryan Gosler said Savannah monitors same reasons we talked about earlier. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. uh, Amanda Gio said large snakes, so retics, rock pythons, berms, anacondas, uh, monitor lizards, all for the same reasons we already mentioned. I totally agree. Yep. I mean, I I don't feel like anacondas and rock pythons are super available like yeah they make bad pets no they're not everywhere like that anacondas that's aren't anymore because of restrictions mm-hmm. right luckily yeah. i've never seen an afrock at a show for sale i have like i have I've seen if afrock. i have i didn't pay attention i've seen afrocks in stores for sale at pet stores i'm like that's oh, crazy. Jesus. yeah <laughs> but i'm like no just no I, I, I agree with cory martin's chameleons chameleons oh yeah yeah they, uh, at pet stores, you know, you see them sell them at Petco, and they're selling them with a freaking glass tank. Like yeah. they they say, take this chameleon kit home, and in the in in the uh, chameleon central group, which is like the largest Facebook chameleon group, they call those the de- the death kits because that's what they are. You're gonna take it home and kill it with that. And you know, they sell those Jacksons, and they sell uh, the veiled super cheap, mm-hmm. and 
you take them home and kill them. I mean, that's what ends up happening half the time, or more than half the time, I would venture to say. You right, bud? Yeah, I'm. I was getting our stuff. You were talking. I was good. I was getting our stuff ready for the uh, giveaway in a little bit because I haven't done that yet. But. Gotcha. Uh, so yeah, I. I well, you, you did have a busy day. You had a job interview today, and did have a job. then you helped me at the shop, and yeah. But uh, so yeah, I saw chameleons, and as soon as I saw that, I was like, totally, totally agree with chameleons. That should definitely be on there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Uh, what was next on our list? Let's see. Jennifer Williamson said green iguanas, which we talked about. Same reasons, farmed in large quantities and really cheap. Bill Bradley said red-eared sliders, as we mentioned, sulcatas, green iguanas, any of the giant pythons, savannah monitors, veiled chameleons, everything we've said. Um, he says whether captive bred or wild caught, uh, we suck as a community at keeping them correctly, which is true. Uh, and unethical people take advantage of the fact that they either breed by the bucket or are imported by the bucket, which is true. Some of them breed very easily, and that is why they, they sell them. Uh, Dallas Rua, free ticks. Ryan Cox, free ticks, which he has a dwarf free tick. I believe, I believe he's a dwarf because I think he got it from Garrett Hartle. I know he has a free tick. Uh, Brittany Williams. Okay, this one, I didn't know the snake. Uh, sc- I'm going to screw this one up. Scoliocophus antrocinctus. <laughs> and like oh, the black. Is that really the one something. she posted a picture of? Yeah. Yes. She yeah, says yeah, cheap yeah. and flashy and almost impossible to keep alive. I just, I've never seen that thing in a show. Yeah, I, I had no idea what it was, but I saw it. Yeah, so that that was, I was like, uh, maybe, maybe where she's located. I'm, I'm it, but sure, I mean, if you see them everywhere and they always die, then yeah, probably they shouldn't be as available as they are. Yeah. And then we had uh, well, one of our, our listeners from Denmark, Kevin Vonder, I'm going to miss it, Vonderleep, Vonderleep, Vonderleepe, I don't, sorry, Kevin. Uh, but he said ball pythons, how many of those live outside Iraq and also turtles well um, he's European so I'll give him for, they are mm-hmm. better at keeping things in more naturalistic than we are we, we definitely keep yeah. them in Iraq and I'm not going to stop keeping my stuff in Iraq just because yeah I want to have a lot of snakes uh, but I also don't think ball pythons and this can be an unpopular opinion suffer from being in a rack system right so now, I'm not I, saying they won't benefit from being in a larger cage. I obviously agree yeah, with that. But, but I, I don't also think, think there are something. things you could do in Iraq that would benefit them just as much. Totally. Yeah. Uh, but turtles, I agree. Tur- I mean, that's, that's apparently yeah. a problem yeah. um, in Denmark as well as here. Uh, so I would totally agree with turtles being on that list. But, yeah, I'd, I'd, uh, the other group that this got posted in, Ball Python, got mentioned a lot. And obviously it was just because of the Ball Python hate, which... Look, I subscribe to that. I hate ball pythons. But with that said, uh, they serve their purpose and, and they're not they're not a bad pet. Yeah. I mean, I'm, with that, it comes down to what animals do you wish were more readily available so you could, you know, let people Talking know. The counter has an zookeeper camp for kids. Yeah. That's freaking awesome. So now you got to show that to Logan. Sorry, Drew, I didn't mean to cut you off, but no, no, I was no, looking, looking at something with Croc Encounter and I saw that they have a zookeeper camp for kids. Are you going to see if they'll do yes. it for adults now? I, I saw <laughs> that. Uh, we're that, actually going to see it as well. Um, I found out they were doing theirs after we had gone ahead and planned everything, but you know they're down in Angleton. We're up in Conroe, so I'm not upset right. about it or anything. I think it's awesome. And I exaggerated a little bit. They're 23 minutes from here. I just looked on Google Maps. Oh, still, though. Like, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we're we're gonna have to go check that place out. For yeah, sure. like I, I, I know you have to watch that show, but 
take him soon, Robert. Like, get him, get yeah. him down there. Yeah, we'll, we'll go down there. I, I really want to go. Yeah. Before it starts it's, getting stupid hot. Well, and, and as a previous zookeeper, I enjoy going to other places and seeing their sets setups. I don't know if you've ever been to. Well, you were in Florida. You have you ever gone to the San uh, San Augustine alligator farm? Oh yeah, yeah, like six times. I love that place. Yeah, that's one of the greatest places on earth. Yeah, uh, they've got every species of crocodilian. It's it's amazing. Yeah. So so James, have I, you ever uh, gotten to feed a bongo and uh, pet it? Have not. You will get to. Really? Yeah. No, like their their bongo are super friendly. You can feed carrots oh. to them through the fence. So like they'll come up and you can rub them down. Can you play them like a bongo? <laughs> I don't think they'll appreciate no. that. Bongo are the coolest, weirdest looking animal. They're they're a no a copy have that. Well, yeah, mm, yeah. A copy are uh, copy are like I kind of wanted to be a giraffe, but I also wanted to be a zebra. Right, and I couldn't decide which one was better. Right. And right. I, I also kind of want to be a moose. Yeah. Yes. Or a camel. I, I, yeah. There were so many options. Right. When they were handing out all the animal parts, I took a little bit of everything. Right, right. Uh, but yeah, like so. you can you can feed uh, the bongos down there. They have a they have aldabras, sulcatas, gators, Nile crocs, Cubans, uh, Ornocos. It's it's amazing. Look, there's the bongos. Sure enough. Yeah, that's one thing I do miss from Minnesota Keeper is working with large crocodilians and tortoises. Yeah, uh, we were looking into getting uh, some crocodilians when we got this place, but apparently Montgomery County is not cool about it. Um, the ordinance says you can, like, to get crocodiles and alligators, you have to get a permit and, you know, adhere to all these rules. And I was kind of looking at it and, you know, like, we can't situate an enclosure a thousand feet from a neighbor, so that's out, but it said crocodiles and alligators. So for a while, I was thinking, okay, maybe caiman are okay. I asked them, and I checked, and they said, nope, it's everything. Yeah, they probably read it as crocodile, written in as crocodilians or anything in the, uh, mm-hmm. the order yeah, no, of crocodile, like, yeah. Update what it says, so it's accurate, but, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah that was well, it's like apparently I'm I'm moving like two blocks from being in a different county. In the county I'm in, I can't have venomous. I really want some venomous snakes. Again, as I, as I said earlier, where people should own venomous snakes, but I have the experience. I used to work with them. So yeah. there's a, there's a difference, and I'm slightly hypocritical here, but I'm hypocritical with with experience. I have worked with kaboom vipers and rattlesnakes, and and really pissed off water moccasins. Uh, but so, anyways, that was that was our list. I, I was very interested to see. You know, again, many people ask what we would like to see more of in the hobby, yada, yada, yada. It was very interesting to see this and to get a lot, like I said, some of the in-depth background of why they felt that way. And it was very, again, I thought our listeners did a very good job of expressing why, like Dominique, why a bearded dragon, which everyone thinks is is a great bet, shouldn't be, uh, shouldn't be more of them in the hobby. Why they should be, there should be less. So I, I like that question. Drew. That was really good. Thank they you. have four, yeah. 14 species. Crocodilian? Yeah. So they got Chinese and Americans. They got two alligators. I imagine they have an American crocodile. That's easy enough to get. You said that they have Orinocos. I'm sure they have like dwarf caiman. I would imagine they have Niles. They have the largest group of Niles in the United States. Yeah. The problem is no... Madagascar, South African, and East African localities. Yeah. See, that's where it got really confusing because after I quit becoming a zookeeper, the number of crocodilian species jumped up by like six. (laughs) And it's not really... What happened was they just went, hey, you know how we have Niles? You know, we have like three of them. Like, that's fucking confusing. We had one, and now there's like three. Yeah. So, um, they also have saltwater crocs, uh, not full size, but still 
like six foot yeah. at this point. They have, uh, I think they have Siamese. Dwarf I know they have Cuban. Hmm? Do they have a dwarf croc? I imagine most people have dwarf I, crocs. I don't remember seeing any, but I know they have Temistiba. Um, oh, got, uh, Cyanensis. I'm good. Yeah, yeah, like it's, you're going to have a good time there. They have 15 species of turtle and tortoise. That's all. Well, so you can do that with turtles. I mean, yeah. tortoises, there's a handful that most people keep. Uh, okay, as you're going through that, I'm going to look at the things that got posted right, sorry. On, on our group this week. Uh, so going through the things that got posted this week, trying to find what we haven't talked about. Oh, there was a video that we talked about that you posted that I've watched. It was, and we had them on our channel before. Well, you uh, did. I did. It was before you were on here. But uh, Adam Wickens from Wickens Wicked Reptiles put out a video this week was my unpopular opinion on your favorite reptile and pet YouTubers. Now, there were many on this list that I've never, never watched or listened to. Right. Um, and Adam himself is very controversial to many people. They don't, as far as a YouTuber, not people, not a lot of people, say not a lot of people. There are some people that do not like Adam. Uh, I don't mind. There are some things I disagree with. There were some people that he did not, he did not dislike that I do dislike. Uh, and so in the video, now he did, he loved Dave Kaufman, which I agree. I love Dave Kaufman. Mm -hmm. He loved Brian Cusco. I've had Brian Cusco on. I've talked to him. I love Brian Cusco. He's one yep. of the most uh, upbeat people I've ever met in my entire life, who I think is going to be at the September Conroe show. We what are here? Seeing on person there. Uh, he loved, I mean, nobody can dislike, but he loved Emily. Although I have heard people say they don't like Snake Discovery, and I don't know how that's possible because she's like the most likable person. Emily in the world. and Ed are amazing. Right. I've met them. They've been at Conroe before. Mm -hmm. um, so those are ones I could definitely agree with. He was a fan of Barcheck. I'm not a fan of Barcheck. I've mm -hmm. voiced my opinion before. He was... Now, he wasn't so much a fan of Chandler or Tyler Nolan as much as like he just didn't really know that much, right. but those guys are free handlers. One of them who's lost half well, a finger because I of it. Chandler has stopped free handling, at least on video. I hope so. Um, you know, uh, that was my big issue. Was the whole right. free handling. Right. Um, he actually liked. I don't like this kid. Go herping. No, he liked his production value. Okay. I don't like go herping. No, not after the video about reptile shows that was so full of shit. Most of his videos are full of shit. And you know the unboxing rescue rescue animals in his snake room and then selling them. Yeah, well, yeah. He's he's a kid. flipper without trying to say. We're, we're trying to say he's not a flipper, right? And he's got a whole army of people who will who, attack you, who will back you back him up. Right. They've done it to me on YouTube. Every now and then, I still get comments. Random, random people go and watch that video and find the comment where I said something about not listening to him. They get upset with me. Right. Uh, Drew, do you watch much of YouTube or anybody on YouTube? Mm. I don't watch a lot of YouTube because I don't have time to sit there and watch it. Um, I'll listen to podcasts on YouTube sometimes. Um, like basically anything NPR puts out, I, yeah. I'll listen to it. Um, I'll listen to you guys. Um, and then kind of the only channel that I sit down and I watch and look at what's going on is Camp Cannon. I do love Camp Cannon. That's another so one. Yeah. That was one I learned about on that video. Oh, you never watched oh, that one? Oh, 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 he's really great. like him. Kenan yeah, Hart, he just built a monitor enclosure. His newest video shows yeah. his new monitor enclosure yeah, for I, his... I uh, this night. I love it. It's like a, like a $30,000 monitor enclosure. Right. Right. That thing is bigger than my house. It's massive. And it's yeah. got... Well, he got Aquascapes, who... He's, Aquascapes has done a couple things in his house. If you ever watch his videos, he's got an amazing like natural pond they built right behind his house. Full yeah, of it's like a swimming pond. Yeah. And then they came and they built this water feature that's like waterfall river that runs through the exhibit. Uh, I say exhibit. It's it's their home, but it's it's a fucking exhibit. I mean, right. it's, 
uh, yeah. cinder block walls, which he's not done. He's getting um, the guys from Texas. Um, who are the rock folks? Uh, uh, I, I know you're talking about. rock. Uh, but Dallas, do you have to? No. No. Zupoxy? Zoo, no, Zupoxy, no. no it's, it's, it's something rock, and I can't. Because it's the same people that did um, Ed and Emily's yeah, I'm getting it. new zoo, and they did all the rock faces in there. Universal Rock. Universal oh, Rock. Yeah, Universal yeah. Rock. Uh, they're still coming out, and they're going to do Universal Rock. is going to do his, because he's got cinder blocks at the base of this for probably the first three to three and a half feet of the enclosure. Yeah, like a wall going around with the, the mesh on top. Yeah, and the, so they're going to cover, the, from what I understand, the cinder block with their Universal Rock products to make it look like rock on the inside and outside. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so like that, it, that, that is a nicer exhibit than I think most monitors of any species get in any zoo I've ever been to. A hundred percent. And it's like just it's for two outside, of them. it's planted, it's got moving water, it's huge. Like I've been to zoos what, where the photo what kind of monitors are you putting in? He's putting uh, a lot of monitors in. That's what I figured. Yeah. Male and female. Um and like that is more space than I think I've ever seen any monitor yeah. get at any facility I've seen. Well, in his mail, he almost lost this year in a cold snap. It, he went out and then the plug had blown or got pulled or whatever. And uh, he, he, he got out of the, the shelter. Like he, he busted that, the door open on the. That's the why he got out of it, out of the heater, and could get back in. Uh, and it was basically dead. He was holding a lifeless lizard and he put it in his living room floor and put heaters on it and blow dryers and towels. Yeah. And it slowly started to move and he came back. And then now he's in this giant uh, monitor condo. Yeah. What's, uh, what's crazy about that? He put video. Two, hiding, two houses. One house he made small enough for the female. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that was brilliant. But what's crazy about that video is like two weeks after I saw that, uh, I had a thermostat go out in my iguana enclosure. And this was in like January. And I kept, I kept my iguana outside year, year round. Um, and he had like greenhouse plastic and a heater in there. But the heater went out and I went out and he was 45 degrees. But um, I warmed him up just like that. He he was fine a few hours later, but uh, I was a lot calmer because I had seen that exact thing happen uh, to, to his monitor. Yeah. Well, and Kenan, he's a big turtle tortoise guy, and so he has yeah. a, a ton of very rare turtles and stuff. Now, he does breed like cherry heads and, and redheads and, and sulcatas and all that. Right. Um, uh, but he's got some really, really neat other tortoises and turtles on on the grounds, mm-hmm. um, he has a, uh, so, yeah, galops. That's, that's a great that channel. I do love. Yeah, he does have galops and Aldabra, so I do hate him for that. But other than that, he's a great guy. Uh, but he's also got some of the uh, rock iguanas and some of the different types of iguanas. Uh, yeah. He has croc monitors. Um, does he have more than one? I thought he just, just had just the, the one female. Is it just one? I know he has a croc monitor. I, he has one that not. he owns. Yeah. I think he yeah. had another for a little while that he was just keeping for somebody. Uh, and I don't think it yeah. was his personally. But he, he's interesting because he'll also go to other people's uh, uh, facilities and some really good ones. I, he did a video not that long ago where he went to, oh, which Tennessee Zoo? is the Tennessee Zoo that I've never been to. And it's like the only one. Um, yeah, here's his newest video. not six months ago. Fred's Amazing All of our stuff froze. Oh, we're back, I think. Yep, yep. I'm twerking. It's just my computer. But he went to Knoxville, and they built uh, an amazing new turtle-like house where they are breeding rare turtles. 
And you kind of got a behind the scenes view of that, which is really cool. So Camp Cannon, great panel. Um, yeah. I like, I love Dave Kaufman stuff because he goes out and he does. And he, I love when he goes places now that COVID is starting to lift. Maybe he can finally get to go back around the world and do some more of the cool stuff he does. Um, but yeah, but like, I so like back the concept to, of his videos of like, uh, you know, what they're doing in the wild. I wish he could get a little bit those. more in depth with it. I get why he can't. Like, it's hard to find animals in the wild, let alone figure out what they're doing consistently. But I really, really like that someone's making an effort to, to talk about that. Yes. Yeah. And he'll go out and take temperature readings from not just from on top of a rock, but like he's taking right. some of in a burrow. Like you can see like a drastic mm-hmm. temperature change in a burrow. From, yeah. I saw the one where he did it with bearded dragons in yeah. Australia. Yeah. And they were down in burrows that were like 70 degrees during the day. They weren't yeah. out in the sun all day. <laughs> I know. That's a great thing. This, this mic is much different. So, anybody, we keep talking about our microphone. We used to have microphones that you could sit across the room and hear someone talk. And now we have better microphones. So, they're very focused in you have to kind of make so when I change positions in the chair i also have to move the mic you otherwise to, it sounds like i'm over here yes you have to make love to the yeah. microphone you gotta be all up on it <laughs> uh so anyways going over some of the other things that got posted this week uh, nathan holcomb posted a thing about a tortoise that was born in 1832 just turned 190 years old it was like a lot are due to turn 190 in 2022. It's still got it's 189. I would be very curious to see the numbers on how they figured out that age, because like you don't know when that tortoise was born unless you saw it hatch out of an egg. Yeah, well, and some of them though they 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 got them from the they know when they got them from the Galapagos, and even that was you know 100 something years ago, like yeah, yeah, 150 yeah. years ago, which is amazing. Oh yeah, like that's the thing and, is, and they get them there as adults. adults. Like that's you that's have the no idea if it's you know 175 or 250. Like no one knows how long they can yeah. actually live with good captive care. Um, also, oh, Travis posted these really cool beetles called mangrove jewel bugs. They're, they they look mm. like you would use them as jewels. They are Travis cool. finds the coolest stuff on the internet. He really does. He also posted pictures of one of the coolest vipers on earth. Uh, the spider-tailed horned viper. Oh, I love those. Yeah, with that weird-ass yeah. tail they move around. And it's creepy. Like, it does look like a spider when they move it. Jonathan is not. Jonathan is not a galop. He's a Seychelles giant tortoise, which is a subspecies of the Aldabra. Ooh. Did I read huh. that wrong? Although I didn't actually, didn't actually tell you if he was not Right. If I could have seen, I can't see behind he his neck. He was brought to St. Helena from the Seychelles in 1882. Along with three other tortoises at about 50 years of age. So there's somebody who's 50. Okay. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's that's what I was saying is like they're assuming an age based on when they got him. They're saying his his age is estimated because he was fully mature when brought to St. Helena in 1882. Fully mature means at least 50. Giving him a hatching date no later than 1832. Wow. That's an old ass tortoise. Yeah. Yeah. I want one. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> um, this was what was really neat Ryan Gosler posted this uh, which I thought was cool George the Python lived on a US military base during the Vietnam War before coming to the museum in 1964 the snake even bore a scar from a shrapnel wound earning a purple heart for 25 years George delighted museum visitors and many still remember George fondly today's George remain, George's remains lie in in our nation's capital at the Smithsonian National Museum of Natural History. 
I've never heard of that. That's so cool. I'd never heard that until this article got posted, but I thought that was very amazing. So we gave a snake a purple heart. Yes. That's that's awesome. I'm gonna have to remember that for right. Yes. So something to throw into your uh, yeah, to throw into your educational stuff. Um, this was cool. This was Travis's own personal video. So Travis posted a a video of him feeding his Tiaman Island red oligodon purple. Whatever it's called. Uh, what? Jonathan is blind and has lost his sense of smell. His late COVID. They have to hand feed him because he can't find his food. Okay. So it may be time for Jonathan to just take a nap. Yeah. (laughs) But, uh, so Travis posted this picture of, or picture, this video of one of his, uh, kookery snakes eating out of a quail egg. He cut the top off the quail egg. And the cookery snake sticks its head in and begins to drink the yolk out of the quail egg. Which is not the same snake that he photographed eating its own shed. Yes. Yeah. It may yeah. not be the same snake, but it's, it's one of them. It's one of them. Species, yeah. So, yeah. Yes. That's crazy. I've never, never heard of that. And then the day after I saw that picture, my Callie King tried to eat her shed while I was feeding her. My, my big, uh, my big male Mexican black king snake did the same thing. He, uh, you know, I feed him a fresh kill rat and he still attacks it like it's alive. And he mm-hmm. flat missed and grabbed his shed and started constricting his own shed that was all balled up <laughs> and then realized, oh, this is not the rat. <laughs> Let me spit this out and try again. These are not the droids you're looking for. Right. <laughs> but uh, Reggie Ravens, this is funny. This, this um, posted best ways to rid flies in a bio or semi-bioactive enclosure. And the reason I found this funny is because our giveaway coming up for the month of in June is going to be a catchy fly catcher, uh, which you have, I have, our buddy uh, Douglas Ray Watt just ordered a couple of them. I ordered another one a couple of weeks ago. We were talking about it, and I don't know if it ever came in. Yeah, that's true. I need to go on Amazon. That was a week a week ago. Yeah. Because Douglas Ray Watt ordered two of them. Yeah. But we're going to give away a catchy. Uh, I'm not 100% sure yet what I want to do for this giveaway. I got a few days think of it but it's what we're going to give away this month we're going to use our patreon money again we have a patreon if anybody wants to join our patreon and we're going to buy it as a giveaway we didn't have a sponsor for this month and again if anybody out there wants to sponsor a month's giveaway at some point just let us know and send us a message and you can be a sponsor for a month and we'll throw your name out there for a month you can sound fancy on the radio i guess i never actually ordered it because it's not in my order history (laughs) okay but so the person posted best ways inside the enclosure the, the best way is to is to let it dry out some and the stuff will die off uh, but then you also risk losing some of your other bioactive things. I had to use it um, in. Uh, I had to. I had them really bad in my isopod um, tubs, and yeah. I used the the mosquito dunks, the roundup uh, ones. Yeah, it work. It doesn't kill the adults; it only kills the larvae. So it takes a little bit of time. Man, worked great. And then, of course, with the catchy, that took care of the adults, and it knocked them out in like a week. I love the catchy. Anybody that has a snake room. Uh, at some point, we'll have gnats. You 100% need to go on to Amazon for like 40 bucks, order a catchy, or this month, try and win the catchy as we give it away. And again, we'll post on our Facebook page when I decide how we're going to give it away, but we will give away a catchy this month. Uh, also, try to see what else. Oh, Katie asked a question about microchipping. If anybody out there uh, has thought about microchipping any other animals other than a dog or cat, 
uh, Sean talked about, it, and I've, I've talked about it. I've wanted to do it with my sulcatas. I just I want to get them microchipped uh, because there is the risk that they can somehow get out of their enclosure. I had one actually get out of the yard. They found the one hole in the fence. It wasn't their main. It wasn't their main yard. We had given them access to the whole yard, and she did find a hole in our chain link and got through that. And so they now stay permanently in their yard until we fix the whole yard. I was patrolling in a neighborhood one night when I was a cop, and I turned the corner, and there's a big ass sulcata walking down the middle of the road. Yeah, turns out his name is Crash. I found out where he lived. They still have him today. She posts pictures. He had dug completely under their house. Like, wow. Yeah. In the backyard, dug completely under the slab, came out through the front flower bed, and was in the yard. And see, and, and knock on wood, I, uh, I've never had mine dig. But again, yep. I've said before on here that if you give them a good enough house or barn to go in and feel safe, yep. they don't feel the necessity to Except dig a burrow. Middle of the afternoon. It wasn't middle of the night. But yeah. Uh, but do you have any of your stuff? I know you've got a large collection of random things. I say random, but it's... A, you have a zoo, so do you have any of that stuff microchipped? I would like to get all of the like high value animals microchipped, like uh, the rock iguana, the big tortoises. Um, probably not the retic because he lives inside. Uh, so, but yeah, any anything that could potentially either get out or get taken probably yeah. should be. Um, but it's it's just one of those things of you know time and money. Yes. Um, but I definitely suggest anybody out there with, with those guns, especially anything you have living outside. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. You may want to talk to, again, talk to the right vet about microchipping. I mean, you may want to find a reptile vet who knows where the best place to put the microchip because for the dog or cat person, they may not be the same location on a tortoise. So Yeah, no, I, I can just see a, a dog vet trying to microchip through the shell and wondering why it won't work. Yeah. <laughs> I really want to put it right here, but it's just not working. I always worry about people that epoxy things like addresses onto their like uh, ID tags onto the shell of the tortoise. I'm like, that shell's not done growing. So yeah. I'm, yeah. No, like I guess unless it's something pretty soft and then you're not sure it's going to stay on. Like, yeah, yeah I, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, oh, and then I also posted my picture of my amazing new Doom rolls. Thank you, Travis Wyman. I just. I have to throw it out there because she's amazing looking and she's mine now. Uh, let's see. Nathan Holcomb posted the world's oldest python fossil that lived 48 million years ago. So that's really cool. That's an old ass cool. python. I saw this picture floating around the other day and I thought someone say it's not the first one that, that existed. But Joe Challoner did post a picture of the albino dragon snake that has been floating around the internet. Which is pretty amazing. I mean, dragon snakes in general are really cool looking, but the problem yeah, is yeah. they're very hard to keep alive in captivity. So. That's it. That's all I found there. It's George and Robert for your uh, people of the internet. Let me see. Okay, I got some screenshots. Yeah. Let's see. It was an interesting week because I get a lot of this stuff with you and uh, John Grant and we're in a group chat and a lot of this stuff comes through that I'm just like, what the yeah. hell is wrong with people? Um, this guy with the monocle cobra around his neck oh. saying, don't do what I do. And somebody says, you're brave. And he says, not necessarily being brave or confident, just treating them with respect. None of that's mm. true, but okay. This is a person yeah. I'm actually Facebook friends with. I don't know him personally, but this is like not something I saw in a group. This was on my freaking news feed. Yeah, that was like his profile. Oh, yeah. Um, the lady in Oklahoma 
looking for free bearded dragons because she's a rescue. She's not the only one, though. There was another one uh-huh. I saw this week. Yeah. That was also a rescue. Yeah. Um, I, I, I need you to listen. Don't go asking for free animals. If you want free animals, they'll show up. You deserve them. You'll get them. Right. You're not a rescue. There's two two things that you're not a rescue. You're not a rescue if you go into a pet store and you went, I rescued this animal from the pet store. Right. No, you bought an animal from the pet store. Shut the fuck up. Right. You're also not a rescue if you didn't go through the proper channels of getting your license. Or what is it? It's a, uh, what, what's the rest of the tax exempt? 501c3, but that's not necessarily true. So, yeah. Gina's yeah, Heart of Gold. Gina's Heart of Gold is one of the best rescues around. She's not 501. Okay. It, it, it costs so much to upkeep okay. that that they'd rather put the money into the animals. But you're not a rescue if you go ask. None of these, res, none of these no. rescues so go asking for I animals. I sent a screenshot to my friend Lainey, who does a lot with Gina, because mm-hmm. uh, I knew Lainey would have a, a very strong opinion on that. And uh, she said, yeah, if she's a true rescue, she can have one of the 40 fucking water turtles we have right now that people have brought in off the road. Um we don't have any bearded dragons, but she can have all the water turtles she wants. A rescue has never gone asking for animals. No, never. No. Um, and I'm sure you, you as a, as a, as pretty much a public thing, having a zoo, have people all the time trying to give oh, you yeah. stuff. Like in the last three days, I've had someone off ask if I can take four rabbits, a three-year-old sulcata, a leopard gecko, and two guinea pigs. Ugh. Wow. So I'm uh, uh, a sulcata tomorrow. This person in the Tennessee Snake Identification Education page, which if you're not a member of, uh, cannot yeah. recommend enough going and becoming a member of. This you don't group. have to be in Tennessee to join this no, page. It's, oh, it's definitely it. worth. If you want to see how dumb people can be, this group allows it. It's a great group. Yeah. Um, is there a way to tell the difference between a snake hole and a mole hole? <laughs> uh, and numerous people were claiming that snakes create the holes that you see in your yard because I've seen the snake coming out of it. <sighs> well, then. So yeah, that's, which that's it. pinage did they dig it with? So, so I do want to say, anybody listening, you may not know. There may be some ignorance yeah. out there. and I'm yeah. have, Snakes don't dig holes. Right. They don't. Uh, there are many snakes that burrow. Right. Uh, but not in, like, hard ground. No, no, no. San, Samboas burrow in loose sand. Right. But they're not digging, not really digging a burrow. And, and if you're out there going, well, mine at home because of the soil I have, digs, shut the fuck up. I'm talking about in the wild. They don't dig holes. My pine snake, my Louisiana pine snake lives, if it were in the wild, would live 95% of its life underground in burrows that it never, ever dug itself. It lives in the burrows of gophers. It goes down and eats the gopher, and then it lives in its home. That's how that works. So when you see a hole outside your house, yes, there could be a snake in it. But more often than not, there's probably not a snake in it, and the snake didn't dig the hole. So, or what was your guy who thought that uh, the snake was drinking his beer or whatever? Uh, he was putting, I didn't screenshot that one, but he was putting uh, little things of beer out to catch slugs under his plants, but he was finding them empty in the morning, so he was afraid the snakes were drinking the beer. <laughs> I love that evaporation was not an idea or that any other mammal could have come along. Yeah. or yeah, it, it was the snakes. No possibility of a raccoon drinking that beer. Snakes, no are, snakes are luscious. They they really right. love beer. Oh, uh, um, this was one of my favorite. This was on a local local group. Someone posted a, a plain belly water snake asking for an ID, and of course, you know, all the, it's the cotton mouth, it's copperhead, cop- kill it. But this lady commented and she said, 
Years ago, the King Ranch in Kingsville had so many rattlesnakes that they had blue indigos brought in to help them get rid of the snakes. Not sure, but think they came from Africa. Blue African indigos. Um, well, that's special. Okay. Yeah. So I was like, you know, very nicely was like, you know, that's not true. The, the dry mark honored they're they're um, native to the United States. Mm-hmm. We have our own subspecies here in Texas. And uh, she said, well, that's what the head trainer told me. The head trainer. I said, well, he's probably really good at training horses. <laughs> the indigo trainer. But it's still not true. And then she told me, well, I'm 90 years old. And he told me that 70 years ago. I said, okay, well, I, okay, you're 90 years old. I give you a little bit of a break there. But, um, yeah, she, and like several people posted articles about them. And she says, I don't see anywhere in, in any of those articles where it says they're native to Texas. So, we, nope. we literally call them Texas indigos. Right, right. So I love when people call them blue indigos. It's like, do you call a, everything twice? Like, hey, that's a dog dog. The old dog dog. Yeah. So, um, that's a gooseberry. Yep, there's one from the Corpus Christi Reptile Class for us. ISO Free Reptiles. <laughs> Again, if you're listening to this podcast, I need my, and I know most of our listeners are well versed and educated in this kind of stuff. And if you're not, you're willing to learn. Never ask for free reptiles. That is not how you do that. This one's already been turned into a meme by several people. That fat guy, what is he holding? A rat snake, a gray rat snake. It's from the Tennessee group. Oh, there you go. I can't really describe it. It's just this. This man who lives in a house that's on wheels. Um, not that that's it, a bad thing. It's not on wheels. That thing is on pure cinder blocks. Yeah, the yeah it's on gone. cinder blocks. Um, in his American flag swim shorts, and that's all. Um, he was probably a slender man at once, and now he has <laughs> quite a gut. Twelve, and um, he's holding a rat snake with a rag around its head by the <laughs> head. I, I, I don't. I'll send you the picture, Drew, just so you can enjoy this. Okay. But yeah, All right. um, I think I'd like to see that. Um, I, yeah, I think yeah. I what you're talking about, though, based on living in Texas for 20 years. <laughs> yeah, I do yeah. want to say uh, a big congratulations to our buddy and our, our buddies. I'll say both of them, John and Kelly Grant. They have been moving into their getting their new shop ready. Yeah, it is is massive compared to what they're in, but. Uh, JT yesterday built his indoor tortoise pen for his new shop, which was amazing. It's like three cinder blocks high. It's a big area. They're all nice. Nice. Uh, construction adhesive together, and he filled several of them with a post and then foam, spray foam to hold those in place to give it more structure. And they capped all of them off with other, other pavers. And it's right there in the front window, so he can put his tortoises right in the front window for everybody to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, it looks It looks amazing. You're interrupting my segment. I'm sorry. This one is also from the Tennessee group. I got to it because someone dumped yeah. him that his tortoises were going to bulldoze through the cinder block wall. Oh, no. And then um, I posted a picture of my tortoise barn made out of cinder blocks that right. they don't bulldoze through. So someone else in that same Tennessee group posted, is this a gray rat snake? I found it in my bathroom closet eating mice. I'm like, well, now I have to go look at their profile and see <sighs> if they have any pictures of their house. Oh yeah, they have selfies and stuff in their house, and it's. Are there mice in the background? I told them, "Well, put it back because it looks like it's doing you a favor." (laughs) Um, So the first question is actually that's the same people. This is her one picture, and that's their other picture. Oh, that's the snake they got out of the house. Yes, that's right. That's a big ass rat snake in their closet eating mice. Yeah, 
Um, oh, this was one of my favorites. This is the guy who thinks that his corn snake responds to his kisses on the tank. Oh, kisses oh, the tank oh, oh. Like, I thought and the paint? snake the snake comes out of its hide and kisses the side of its glass tank back uh, because it loves like it, it, it's it, he wrote a pretty long thing on it and the greatest thing is this isn't a corn snake a worldwide corn snake group there were people agreeing with him oh yeah well uh, there's I saw someone post the other day that asked if they felt the snake loved them. And, and a lot of people said no. Luckily, a lot of people understood that. But of course, you've got the ones who've owned one snake for a week that their snake loves them and it loves them. It, 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 everyone wants their snake to be a human or to be a puppy dog. And I'm like, it's a snake. Just respect it for what it is. I got a friend request from a guy this week um, that was local and he's a reptile guy. We have like 200 friends in common, but his whole tech, you know, like you have your name on Facebook and then it has a tagline under it. It says, I hate cops. I'm like, well, bro, I don't, yeah, I don't think we're going to be friends because we're not going to get along. Um, yeah. Robert yeah. used to be a cop. Bring back. Right. I mean, I have my issues with modern policing, but yeah, you hate somebody because of their job. Blank, I'm gonna... Blanket statements. Right. Um, I think that's pretty much it. Oh, this guy here locally found a freaking Graham's crayfish snake in his garage. That's just jealousy at that point. That's just jealousy because that's yeah, one no, of my lifers cool. that I haven't found. Oh, and oh, yeah. I have one. I have one. It was okay. posted in the group. Uh, when the pelican like, oh, God, it's hard to read. Oh, yeah. When the pelican like his chicks have been bitten by a snake, he hits his chest with his beak until it bleeds, and then lets his little feed on his blood drops containing snakes antidote. This is due to the fact that snakes are part of pelican diet and therefore become immune to the poison. First off, I did, I not, I did not misspeak. I, I said that exactly the way it was typed. So if it sounded like I read it like an idiot, it's how it's written. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's one of the ones that you guys sent at 1.30 this morning. Yeah, it... <sighs> I read that and I didn't I didn't I didn't know what to say at that point. Um, let me see your let me see your, just your screen. <laughs> you don't what? even know. <laughs> what? John Grant changed your name in that chat like two months ago to Big Guy Big Mimi, but it doesn't show up <laughs> doesn't on yours. Because <laughs> <laughs> one day you were, you said something to him that was kind of you know insulting but funny, and he changed your name in the chat to Big Guy Big Mimi. Oh, there was one. JT got a message this week. Person message. Question. Do you know any boas or pythons need rehabilitation or rescuing? I have room for one more. Yeah. Well, you know, going back to the whole thing about retics not being in the hobby as prevalent, he he was telling us that he sent us a screenshot from um, somebody looking for a retic from him. And he said the number one question he gets is people only want them if they're sweet, if they have a good disposition, mm-hmm. and that they don't bite. And he's like, they're fucking retics. Buy a Burmese python. They're going to bite you. I mean, when they're little, they're probably going to bite you. Um, and who knows how, you know, there's no way to tell uh, if a baby retic is going to be a calm retic when it's a big retic. Well, there's also no way to tell that this baby retic that I'm holding here, once it ships to you across the country, is going to be nice. Right. Yeah. Or if you're set up, like, that's, that's just... Except that what you get may bite you. Right. Yep. Oh, okay. Well, so that was been, your people. We've been mean to people on the internet enough. 
Uh, all right. I want to do our giveaway for this. It's fun. So I'm going to go to my random number generator. I missed this. Which one of y'all sent this? Blazing Saddles has been edited for television. It will air tonight from 8 to 8.07. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that one. I was like, that's hilarious. Oh, I love Blazing all right. Saddles. So, again, this month we are giving away. Say we. Robert is giving away a single tub LS70 rack, which I'm using one upstairs. I owe you stuff for that one. I'm using one upstairs for my snake. It's already been handled. Oh, I already paid for that, apparently. No, you have a good wife. Yeah, that's, not, that's what I mean. I, we, we're, we're one. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you either get a single tub LS70 rack, which is an amazing quarantine tub, and it will hold an almost adult boa. Trust me, there's one in there. Yep. Or you could win $175 towards a rack of your choosing. And she's not a nice boa, thanks, Lana. <laughs> and you can go to LS Reptile Racks and look at all the options. And we're in the process of coming up with several other options yeah. uh, as soon as plastic is available again. But let me go ahead to our random number generator. Oh, this person's going to be excited. I know who's in that slot. So I hit the random number generator. And the person in the number, they came up, oh, it wasn't who I thought it was. Oh, they'll be excited too. We'll, we'll, we'll do something for her later. But the winner is Lance Kirkman. Oh, Lance will be excited. I'll message Lance. Yeah. He'll be excited for a rack. The other person that's excited, we'll, I'll help take care of her later. We'll get yeah. her something. Yeah. Even though she got a snake that hates Robert. Yeah. They didn't tell me that this boa has a bad attitude. And I went to check on it the other day and opened up the tub. I always open every tub with a hook, especially with larger snakes in it. And she came out <laughs> and was ready to eat me or part of me. And uh, it was a rodeo trying to get her back in that tub. See, and that is why mm. uh, certain certain things aren't great beginner animals, especially adult animals. Right. Uh, you've said, we talked earlier, you're not used to snakes over the size of an adult ball python. Right. That's or a big colubrid. Yeah. But I I know how big colubrids move. You know, I, I know how to read their body language. So I'm very comfortable with them. And so... You being thrown into now what is now a house with three decent sized boas in it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. With the, the new yeah. one. Uh, it's, it's definitely, I mean, y'all had that blood python come and you've never had to deal with blood pythons. So that was a different experience. Right. Um, and you're being spoiled with this blue beauty because that is not how they all act. Right. Uh, someone out there going, looking for a free snake is going to get the person with a five foot boa that wants to bite and go, here's a free snake. Yeah. And yeah. you're going to tell me that's a free God. snake to take care of properly. So, Drew, uh, just a quick backstory on how we ended up with these. A friend of mine, um, they had a pretty eclectic collection of reptiles, but it was all like one, 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 one. Mm-hmm. And uh, they had some pretty serious damage from the freeze. Like, their whole house had to be gutted. So, she ended up, a couple of years ago, she gave me a little male Samboa that she couldn't get to eat. She'd had him for a while. He had eaten, and then he just quit eating. So, um, she called me up. And asked if I wanted her adult female Mexican black king snake and her blue tongue skink. Interest, hell yes. And I was like, absolutely, I'm on my way. Right. So I went and got them. And then about a month later, she calls me up and she says, "Hey, we've we just can't keep any of the reptiles except for our lychee. They they kept their lychee." Um, she said, "Do you want everything else?" So it was this this big call, uh, heck call albino motley. It's a uh, a motley junk. No, it's just a motley head albino. Yeah, a boa. Right. And uh, a blood python. Matrix blood python, adult oh, female. Nice. Mm-hmm. Um, 
She said one was a normal ball python. Turns out it's an adult female um, pinstripe. And then an adult male something else ball, ball python. python. I don't remember. My wife was excited. My about eyes that. glaze over yeah. when people start talking right. about Right, right. <laughs> exactly. And there was something else. That was it? Four? You came up with four snakes that yep. day. Yeah, so that was four that day. And all the enclosures. Yeah. The three four-by-two-by-two by two enclosures and front-opening glass tanks and... Um, so we went and got it all. And yeah, Robert, yeah, that's, Robert that's, is now a rescue. So, yeah, anybody want to get rid of some free animals? Robert Don't call me. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hey, hey, Robert, so, you want the uh, the chicken snake that uh, my neighbor found in his chicken coop last week? <laughs> <laughs> I'm more than happy to relocate them, but not to my house. <laughs> I, I love when someone finds a wild animal and automatically assumes, oh, the one you today, the tur- box turtle. Where the person found it, and they were told that it was not a native box. Someone turtle. found a three-toed box turtle here in Houston, took it to PetSmart, and they told them, "Oh, that's an exotic animal. Those aren't native to Texas." And uh, these people were convinced that it was a native. Then they couldn't remember where it was found because you know people uh, were telling them, "Hey, you need to take it back exactly where you found it." You know, they yeah. live in like a hundred square yards their whole life, and uh, yeah. So uh, I don't know how that ended up. Because it was just infuriating, so I quit reading it. But, uh, but yeah, PetSmart Petco, one of the big boxes, told them, you know, no, that's not a native animal. And they were, like, ready to die on that hill. That, oh, they, they told me this is not a native animal. And, it's, it's, uh, it's, we've talked about it before. It's one of those things. The first thing someone hears becomes fact. And having to break someone from that is the hardest thing in this hobby. Yeah. So the the, the first time you hear what an animal is supposed to eat, what the temperature is supposed to be, how the housing is supposed to be, yeah. it becomes fact no matter who else tells you. I, I love the posts. My snake eats every Thursday at 5 o'clock. I have a doctor's appointment. Is it okay if I feed him the next day? Oh, you can feed him the next week if you want. You can feed him the next month. But yeah, yeah. Five. He's yeah. healthy. My snakes get fed when I'm like, oh, shit, how long has it been? That's, that's mine. I'm like, okay, yeah, let's feed him today. <laughs> yeah. You know? No, yeah. like I, I feed my adult carpets once a month. If right, if that, like my female, she's on eggs right now. I gave her a small meal a few weeks ago, but before that, she hadn't eaten in three months. Yeah, I've got a male ball python who goes off feed every year from like Christmas to like July. And see, and that he doesn't lose any weight. And that's one of the things yeah. people go. That's why they stay, still say ball pythons are picky feeders. That's not a picky feeder. No, it's just that's a natural thing, right? Yeah, they don't understand picky feeders eat. were. Ball pythons in 1995 that would starve themselves to death. Right. That just said, I'm not fucking eating. Right. I don't care what you put in front of me. Right. We had one of those. It got out. We caught it back. We It, it starved itself to death. It refused to eat again. That was a picky snake. I had one female do that after she laid eggs. We tried everything you could think of to get her to eat, and she just would not eat. Yeah. And, you know, she didn't make it, unfortunately. But, um... But yeah, yeah, he, he, he might lose fifty grams. That's natural. Yeah, yeah. No, that's yeah. probably healthier. And then when he oh, starts yeah. eating, he he'll he would eat every day if you let him. Well, when he starts eating again, the healthy weight, uh, the healthy weight and body shape of snakes is right. is not understood by ninety five percent of that own them. That could be its own podcast right there. Oh yeah, I mean, I see people all the time. They're like, I feed my bob python a large rat once a week. I'm like, I feed my adult females a small to medium every three weeks. Mm-hmm. Unless they just laid eggs and it's you yeah. know trying to get a little weight back on them for health, but um, that's what yeah with boas I'm like you don't want them fat like fat is bad 
Right. Big, you don't want your boa around. You want it to be the shit. Because a boa, as I've learned, will eat every freaking day. Oh, you don't feed. You'll eat nonstop. Their bottom. That's the great thing about owning a boa is that when everything else is fed and stuff doesn't eat, you just throw it in with the boa. Yeah, with yeah. I had a little freaking like weaned rat that didn't get eaten that he didn't eat that the blue beauty didn't eat. When I've learned that he will not eat fresh kill, he will not eat frozen thawed. He only wants a live rat. Um, so I was like, I got this little weaned rat. Let's see if the boa will even look at it. Yep. Yeah, she just. Oh, gone. Look at me like you got eight more of those. What was uh, that? Was one thing that I, we've recent studies and other podcasts have mentioned is the the whole idea of what happens to a snake when it eats. It physically changes. I mean, it goes its body, its organs increase in size. Its yeah. body starts to work more. And if you're feeding your snake every week, your snake never gets a resting period. Its body is always in overdrive. No, it, it, and that metabolism burns out. It's, yeah, that's why your snake dies at seven. Or eight when it right. should have lived to twenty seven, right? Um, you know, it, and it's different, obviously, for things like colubrids or for for babies. Babies have a little bit faster metabolism because they're eating more if they can and they're growing. Oh, yeah. But a full size snake, it, they're for, for a lot of what we keep, you know, boas and mm-hmm. pythons. They're lazy animals by nature. Don't don't overfeed them, right? Yeah, no, they're they're not uh, burning anywhere near the calories they would in the wild. They don't need to eat in nearly as much as they would. Yeah, I want. They don't eat that often in the wild. About uh, um, like rhino vipers and stuff, that some of them will sit in the same place. They've been documented not moving for like two months, mm-hmm. waiting for a meal to walk by. You know, in the jungle, and people, you know, some keepers will feed those guys once a week. I just, I think our entire understanding of feeding on on snakes, for the most part, is is skewed. Yeah, uh, we're trying to feed them like mammals. Well, you've yeah. got carpet pythons, Drew, and, oh, I, yeah. and I've got a carpet python who just she doesn't want to eat for a while. But we feed them an appropriately sized meal every one or every two, every three weeks. What it is? Every fucking picture of a carpet python you find in the wild, it's eating a fucking wallaby. Right. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. choking yeah, down half a kangaroo. Eating. Right. Awesome. Eating. That might be the only thing it eats the whole year. Yeah, it eats a yeah. giant meal, and then it's like, I'm good now. Yeah. Yeah, like I, I give my adults a full-sized quail once a month, and they love it. And you know, if they don't eat, they'll go two, three months without food, and they're fine. Yeah, and, yeah. but you'll have someone out there again freaking out. I didn't, I didn't get a chance to feed my snake this week. It's all right. It'll be good. That's yeah, probably snake. probably better for it. Like you know, the best thing: go on vacation. Yeah, two weeks, just giant water bowl. Go on vacation. Come back in two weeks. You know what's going to happen? Your snake will still be there. Right. And you feed it then. Won't know that you were gone or care. <laughs> you will not have given a damn. <laughs> right. Uh, all right. So we've yeah. we've bitched enough. Uh, we probably need to wrap this up. We did our giveaway. Lance Kirkman was our winner for our giveaway. We're going to, again, we're giving away a catchy bug, uh, flying bug catcher. And if you don't know what it is, go search K-A-T-C-H-Y on Amazon. They're fucking amazing. If you don't have one, get one. And if you win this one, you'll have two. They're great. Even if you're like, I only see like one or two fruit flies. Yeah, there's like 70,000 of them. Uh, I don't know what it is about. I didn't realize I had that many because I would only say like one or two and I put the catchy up and I think filled up within the first few days. Yep. It's it's crazy. It uses ultraviolet light to pull them in and then a fan to suck them down and they stick to this little sticky pad. It's amazing. Even if you don't have snakes, if you have a fruit basket in your kitchen and you can't stop getting fruits on your bananas. And spend a few extra bucks on the deluxe one. Yeah. It has the automatic on off. Yeah, so when you turn the lights off, it turns on. Yeah. Because running during the day is not really doing anything. Yeah. Right, I, I need one of those then. They are. I I, I ordered one because I was like, we'll see what happens. But since I got it, it's, it's really been a huge change in my, my snake room. 
And again, I, I don't have dirty cages, but I mean, as a, as a person that owns reptiles, you know, it just happens. Yeah. Especially oh, yeah. if you've got bioactive, it's just it's definitely going to fucking happen. They, they just show up. They are $39.79. Yeah. Buy that. I think it's 10 bucks for a pack of like six or seven pads to go with it. Comes with enough to get you started. Yeah. So, but we're going to give it one way this month. Stay tuned. We'll tell you how to do it. Uh, we may do one just big thing you got to do instead. We've done a couple of, we're going to do every episode. Maybe we'll do one big thing this, this month. Uh, Drew, thanks a ton for coming back on here. My pleasure. Uh, I definitely want to try since we're so close. When we when we finally move and we set up our podcast studio at our house, I definitely want to try and get you to come in person and just bring something. Yeah, because yeah. we're, we're gonna start cool. doing some. Hey, how's that last rat rack working out? Still holding. Oh, it's great. Working? Yeah, so yeah, got them moved in and they're they're loving it. Uh, Home Depot has discontinued those tubs. I found no out way. yesterday when I had six, seven, seven rat racks built for someone, <laughs> and only two tubs. Luckily, oh. luckily, we found a bunch on clearance tables. One of my guys went around and found like 10 at one store and 30 at another store on a clearance table and bought them. And uh, yeah, if you go on Home Depot's website, they don't even exist on the website. Okay. I sent an email to my to my rep and uh, my, my pro rep, and he's like, yeah, they showed to be discontinued in our system. He's like, I can't even tell you what stores have any or anything. So if you see them at Home Depot, snatch them up. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm I'm gonna go tomorrow for something else, but I'll I'll make a trip and grab whatever they have. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. <sighs> so yeah, I'm gonna probably switch all my rat racks to 70 series tubs and just start using the ARS 70 series tubs. Um, because yeah, it'll work. Yeah. So, but yeah, so. Drew, thanks for coming on again. We'll have to get you in because Katie, Katie felt bad. She really was looking forward to this episode. And yeah, I know. On, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd love to come down and uh, and bring something cool. Yeah, that'd be awesome because we're going to start doing live. Uh, every week we're going to do it live on YouTube so people can actually comment and talk to us while we're doing this. Oh, that's uh, awesome. And it would be cool to have you come in and bring something and, and show it off. Yeah, so. yeah. And um, I just found out this morning that we are going to have a table at uh, at Herbs Conroe. So Sweet. we'll oh, be awesome. out there. We'll have some some cool stuff. So if anyone wants to come by the show, you'll get to meet some of the animals and you're going to be doing some sort of special on birthday parties and VIP tours where if you book it, put the deposit down at the show, we're going to be doing 15, 20% discount. Awesome. And you guys are going to have their mice around table set up as well. Uh, probably not. We're just doing the one table. Um, okay. So we're, yeah. We're going to focus on the, the learning zoo stuff this year. Okay. So, Drew, if someone wants to get a hold of you about the Learning Zoo or ask you any questions about it, how, what's the best way for them to get a hold of you? Uh, best way is either through our Facebook page, uh, The Learning Zoo on Facebook, or you can go to our website, thelearningzootx.com, and uh, you can email us through there, or you can also just shoot me an email at thelearningzootx at gmail.com. Sweet. Robert, they want to get a hold of you. www lsreptilerax.com that sounds so terrible when you add that to the end I don't like it but I love that commercial I had my nice amount announcer voice going and it was sounding all smooth and you're like Dakam! in the background welcome to the reptile gumbo podcast yeah, yeah. alright uh, or Lone Star Reptile Rex on Facebook or Instagram yes even uh, though I don't think <laughs> I've made a post in like two weeks because I've been too busy also we, we still have a GoFundMe if anybody wants to Help us out on the GoFundMe. There's a few more things for the studio. We would like to, we would like to get a good camera because we want to start doing field herping um, and do some more video work at the shows. 
Uh, we do plan on trying to set up our recording stuff at Conroe, so we're going to try and get some interviews with people live at Conroe uh, while we're there. That is our goal. Oh, my God. I got nice. Read this. I'm sorry. What is it? I just found one to add to my thing. Oh, we have one more person on the internet to add. So I went to feed my juvenile by Python, and when I went to feed it, it tried to get out, and it fell on its back, and it didn't eat. I think I scared it. So should I try and feed it tonight or wait longer? This happened yesterday night. That's not the worst part. <laughs> okay. Someone's comment says, please don't call it an it. Your wonderful animal is either a he or a she. Give him or her an identity, please. The fuck? I'm not going to get into my whole... <laughs> Drew. Drew's like... <laughs> yeah. It, it pains me as a biology teacher. The, and this is going to definitely upset people as well. Uh, I, the, the he, she thing... I'm like, as a biology teacher, I'm like, gender is not a made up thing. Like, that's. Yeah, we don't need to get into that. Anyway. But for the snake, it's, yeah. it doesn't fucking matter. The snake doesn't care. Right. Sure. You think that snake is holding up a flag going, respect me? Yeah, I could walk in and be like, hey, shitheads. And they're going to be like, oh, it's time to eat. You know, oh, what's, a, what's, a, what's a giant monkey in here? <laughs> right. Right. Does that monkey have food? Nope. That Fuck big, the monkey. Big flabby monkey that looks at us all <laughs> funny, you know, and throws rats in here occasionally. Oh, people of the internet. All right, <laughs> now, if you want to get a hold of me, it's simply underscore serpents on Instagram or simply serpents on Facebook or the Reptile Gumbo Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, or at gmail.com. Again, check out our Patreon. Check out our GoFundMe. Help us out. Uh, we will have our studio set up. We will be moved. I'll be moved to Texas in two weeks, two and a half weeks. And then from that point on, we will have our, our studio in this we will not be. I got a feeling James room. is going to set the studio up before he unpacks his bedroom. Will it be snake room? Yeah. Then studio. Yeah. And then whatever else Kitty does the rest. I don't care. Those right. are two rooms that I want. Right. So. Kitchen's important. I can go get fast food. <laughs> the reptile room and podcast room. And then from that point on, if we have bad internet, it's bad internet for you, me, and Katie because we'll all be in the same place. Right. So. All right. Well, that is it. Thank you, Drew. It was awesome yeah, having you on. Yeah, man. Uh, we'll talk to everybody next week. Goodbye.